All right. So risky business and Cujo. I mean, what's what's your uh, history with these two films that came out on August fifth and August twelfth, respectively? Yeah. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Do we do we need to do an intro or do we? Uh, yeah. Why why don't you do the intro just okay. for shits and giggles? <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast called The Big Four O with Ron and Peter. I'm Peter. <laughs> nice. I, I didn't know if you were gonna just <laughs> run the script. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Ron. Uh, this week, oh, we this are is figuring... fun just uh, sitting here while somebody else does all this. <laughs> this week we are Get featuring used to this the uh, two films: um, one from August fifth, one from August twelfth. Risky Business and Cujo. Uh, Ron, welcome to the show. <laughs> Great to be here, Peter. Long time listener, first time caller. I'll hang up and listen to your response. <laughs> yeah, you just cut me off every chance you get and uh, get really loud and boisterous. And... Well, yeah. No, listen, fucking risky business is so fucking cool. Take, take an edible halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> and then just giggle uncontrollably, yeah. Wait a minute! Is your uh, take that risky business is so fucking cool? I didn't. I'm is that not where we land in this? I did actually like risky business. Uh, had you seen? No, I'm not suggesting you shouldn't have. I was just wondering if you were tipping your hat a little bit oh. to what? Uh, no, that like a spoiler. Yeah, no, that is not a spoiler. Um, had you seen it before? What well, is? You just said it was good and oh, that you liked. Damn it! it. <laughs> now I feel like I should start the whole thing over. <laughs> Zero poker face. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have to start it over. Well, I mean, okay. This is a podcast called The Big Four O with Ron and Peter. I'm Ron. And I am Peter. <laughs> Every week we review a movie that came out this week 40 years ago. You missed this whole part. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's all right. You haven't been doing it for uh, 15 weeks. Right. Uh, yeah, it uh, came out 40 years ago this week. Uh, this week, it's, it's not quite that because we're splitting them up a little bit because there wasn't anything else good on August 5th with Risky Business, right? Definitely not. I don't remember what the competition was, but yeah, it wasn't worth scouring uh, YouTube and the uh, weird back channels of the internet and <laughs> right. various streaming services to pull any of that up. Uh, but we, we uh, did think Cujo was worth looking at too, which came out on the 12th. So uh, we're, we're knocking out two weeks and one week here and that's what we like to do this this podcast is about efficiency even though some episodes go on for three and a half hours while i yet again bring up uh james woods or <laughs> sylvester stallone and places they really don't belong um but it, it's all good in in this hood yeah man. we get there in a roundabout way yeah uh, so your question, Peter, I believe, was had I ever seen Risky Business before? And my answer is, this is one of the movies I watched a gazillion times as a kid. Um, it was a mom leaves on the weekend to go out. My parents were divorced. My mom was young. So she would like go out and stuff on the weekends when I was like 10 years old. And sure. it was it was sort of that uh, uh, 80s thing where parents were sort of like, oh, my kid could just stay home and watch Risky Business and Revenge of the Nerds and all this kind of shit, and hopefully it won't fuck them up too much. And then, you know, 40 years later, your the parent is acting like I don't, I never even let him watch uh, right. Die Hard or whatever. Where did I go? Meanwhile, yeah. she took me to the theater to see it, and now I apparently am horrible for letting my kids see it at probably five years later than I first saw. But but I digress. Uh, Risky Business, yes, is a, a film I have seen. I have uh, liked. It's 
it's a weird chapter for me because I liked it and I watched it a lot, but at the same time, I did not come around to loving Tom Cruise because of it or anything. I didn't really care about any of his other movies at the time. Um, I literally think it was just because this was a movie about a kid getting into some shenanigans and, you know, there's some sex and that kind of stuff. I think that was the the thing that really made me care about that movie because it, it w- certainly wasn't Cruise or any of that. But I'll, I'll get into Cruise and how I feel about him uh, as we, we bring this review around. And I, I uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it even now after not having seen it for quite a long time you you've seen it you you jerk off to this when you were 13 or whatever <laughs> nope, i had i had uh, <laughs> i had never seen it before uh i'd seen i'd seen parts of it um and obviously a lot of the the famous scenes like the the boning on the train and the dancing to bob seeger um but those are the only sure. two parts i could really remember from it um i i enjoyed it uh you know i'm not without getting too deep into it i'm i'm glad i i'm glad that we watched it it was uh it was uh it was a fun movie and and i have a, a lot a lot of good uh good things to say about it that's cool let me get something out of the way real quick uh when you were talking about memorable parts of this and um i'm saying get it out of the way because i feel like i'm it's a little bit of a tangent the score by tangerine dream who i want to cover a little bit because uh you know that's not something most people would know right off the top of their head like oh yeah of course tangerine dream but we'll get into why you probably do know them um is the thing that it's one of the things i remember most about this movie to the point that i wasn't even sure if i remembered it fondly like it was a you know i I don't remember if i thought it was a good score it kind of i went into this uh went into the movie thinking it was sort of this overplayed and annoying thing that we were going to hear over and over again in the movie kind of like what was the movie we were talking about a couple of weeks ago we were talking about something with a score where you said you thought oh a uh, true romance remember true that's romance, got that yes. dun, 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 uh-huh. dun, dun. And, yep. and you thought that was played too much and gonna be throughout the movie and and i i i agree that that's a memorable little bit of music from i believe it's Hans zimmer who did that one yes it without is. looking at any notes but yeah is it okay mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like that for me. I, the, all the stuff with Tangerine Dream, all the stuff that that's sort of uh, ethereal when they're on the train and when he's waiting for her to come over, and, and pretty much everything that isn't a early '80s pop song in this movie is is that sort of pulsing synth, um, whatever. And and I like I said, I went into it thinking like, oh yeah, I remember this, and this is one of the more annoying parts of the movie. It, it happens all the time. But no, I, I really. I really like the vibe it created and, and how and when they used it, and I thought it really added to it. Um, now, just real quick, Tangerine Dream are a German electronic music band founded in 1967 by Edgar Frossi. Fro- Fro- Frossi? I, I don't know. F-R-O-E-S-E. Uh, the group has seen many person- personnel changes over the years, with uh, Frossi the only constant member until his death in 2015. Um, I can get into the best-known lineup and everything, but I'm not going to bother doing that but they had a bunch of albums but the other thing they're uh uh, famous for is is composing film soundtracks uh over over 60 scores wow in their time and here are some of them sorcerer 1977 that's a william freakin film which is is pretty good if you've never seen it It kind of flies under the radar but it's got a established cult following um legend 85 that's also with cruise that's the one where he fights the big demon oh, yeah. devil 
horror and thing. Yep. Yeah, we should do that when, when 85 rolls around. Risky Business, Near Dark, the 87 uh, Catherine Bigelow um, sort of vampire thing. And then Thief, uh, the Michael Mann film with um, James Caan. Oh, yes. So those are top five of movies that have their score that people would, yeah. would most remember. But but yeah, I think uh, I thought the score added a really great element. I thought it was used well and at the right spot. And for whatever reason in my head, I, I turned that around into being this thing that was overdone and obnoxious and annoying. But I was pleasantly surprised to find out watching it this time. I probably haven't seen this movie in... I bought it on Blu-ray uh, maybe five years ago. It was cheap, so I just picked it up because I remember liking it as a kid. But I never watched it, uh, and I bet you I hadn't watched it you know, for at least 15, 20 years before that. So it's been 20, 25 years. Okay, since I was going to ask. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you? You've, you said you've never Never seen it. it. Nope, nope. I, I never really had any desire to. Um, I'm not. I am a Tom Cruise fan, but the something about the movie never really drew me in. Uh, premise wise so i was uh yeah i was pleasantly surprised at what i saw and, uh, and to add so how did you know the uh uh all, some of those key scenes and everything well obviously the the bob seger thing yeah. but what about the, the, the train thing the train? yeah like i have no idea where where i saw that or how i saw that but i i knew that there was a, a scene on the train um a boning scene if you will on the train and i don't don't remember how i knew that so it's it could have just i could have had it on the tv briefly and then kept yeah i I, my theory is you probably saw it at some point Mm, or or watch parts of it or or something yes yeah right i knew bronson pinchot was in it i knew that uh uh, yeah see how would you know that if you never saw right exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) Good point. <laughs> I just know I had never seen it beginning to end. Um, okay, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, there's a ton of movies we've done like that. Where I'm like, I probably watched part of it, but I don't know. Or no, I know what you're saying. I uh, wanted to just follow up on your soundtrack um, comment. Is I that was one of the things I wrote down was not only was the the you know the the songs in it are great, but the score was really good and really um, like you said, it'd be that kind of ethereal vibey stuff so between that and the and the songs included in there like the the talking heads and the phil collins like i had no idea that the phil collins song was part of the soundtrack until today uh in In the the air air night night. yeah yep yeah i got that all written down um yeah well hold on let me go find it let's talk about it because there's a couple uh the, the the soundtrack is pretty solid uh so you've got the the old time rock and roll by bob seger which is obviously the the big scene where cruises dance around in his underwear and that's sort of the thing everybody remembers this uh prince is in here in one of the parties uh it's uh dmsr i believe it's called in the 1999 album dance music sex romance i think okay and then um you got in the air tonight which which plays on the train and then also uh there's that scene where she's talking to him in his bedroom as he's studying and hungry heart by springsteen's yeah. playing in the background so you've got four or five seminal 80s acts uh, just just on the soundtrack and um yeah the the in the air tonight I, I don't I would love to look up and I didn't do it but I probably should have for this the how many different things that I mean obviously Miami Vice is probably its most iconic yes. usage um, and they also did it in the movie uh, but that's that just anytime you need a, a moody sort of uh, kind of blue drenched uh, slow motion yep. of cars or trains or something rolling down the street or 
whatever it is that that song seems to be kind of the go-to but what's weird about that song is they don't even play the whole thing they play it for a little bit and then they go to the tangerine dream score well when they actually when like they, get yeah. into the yeah the act if you will yep. and 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 that's fine because again I, I like i said i i came around to really liking the score but well i suppose we should talk a little bit about the plot do you yeah want to sure summarize uh, this sure i'll i'll do my i'll do my best um tom cruise plays joel a uh mm-hmm. a teenager in uh, suburban chicago who uh is look nearing the end of high school it appears He's trying to figure out what he wants to do is his grades aren't the best and uh other than that he you know he gets along all right with his parents and and whatnot and his parents are going to florida and um tell him to stay, keep out of trouble and don't drive the porsche and as you as you <laughs> well know these are things that he did not advice he did not heed very well so um as as the shenanigans if you will start he um some of his friends come over and they want to they want to party at his house they'll bring girls over and um correct me if i'm wrong but at, at one at some point uh one of them hires a hooker to bring over to the house and it was for joel right well yeah let's not bury the lead that this would be booger from the uh <laughs> revenge of the nerds films yes. otherwise known as uh what's his what's his first armstrong is his last yeah, name what's curtis his first or name? something um hey, curtis armstrong sure yeah. that sounds right yeah i like that guy he he's also from what is it moonlighting he was maybe? on moonlighting yep 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 it is okay. curtis See? Armstrong. no notes top of my head just Nicely done. Calling things from 35 yeah. years ago. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Curtis Armstrong, who's playing Miles in the movie, um, hires a hires a hooker to come over to the house, and it turns out to be a man dressed as a woman. And um, then Tom Cruise seems very desperate to get laid at this point, and actually goes through uh, the newspaper and finds an ad for a call girl, and. She comes to his house. Am I am I forgetting? Oh, wait a second. Okay. Yeah, you kind of are. Number one, he's like going through the newspapers and he's crossing all this kind of shit off. And it's pretty funny the stuff he's like <laughs> crossing off. He's like, no Latinas, no. Uh, I mean, whatever. It's, it's all like a lot of this would have been fine, and right. he's just like, no, no, no. But what the male uh, call girl did was left him a number and said, you want to call Lana? Oh, that's right. Who, all you kids from the, the suburbs, it's it's definitely your type. You don't have to worry about another, you know, me showing up or whatever your friend pulled on you. And uh, yeah. this, is, uh, this is the real deal. So he calls her, says, uh, listen, I'm a nice guy. And I'm <laughs> like, how he mentions he's a nice guy. Yeah. It's like, I'm looking for a good time. She's like, what's the address, Joel? And, and she gives it to him and he's sitting there waiting and he, falls asleep on the couch or whatever and then she kind of comes in rings the doorbell he's still half asleep so he doesn't answer it and she lets herself in through the the patio door or whatever and then cue the tangerine dream score and her dress starts blowing around the, door the, the back door yeah. blows open and leaves are flying around inside yeah, and I thought uh, that was it's, a, it's a, a pretty it's a it's a hot i think that's kind of what you're supposed to yeah. potentially assume or whatever but uh yeah it's a, it's a pretty hot scene I don't yeah i've that's that's one of the things I remember from this. I, I like you said. I remember the train scene. Um, I remember. I remember most of this. I remember Joey Pants, and mm-hmm. uh, I remember Curtis Armstrong, and um, some of these other guys. We'll we'll get into all of it as we go along. But yeah, that 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 was the first thing where, as I was watching it, other than perhaps him 
jumping around to old time rock and roll. That's that scene definitely brought me back to being ten year old right. Ron or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, Lana, who's played by Rebecca De Mornay, obviously has a a. Uh, oh, she's great. Yeah, she uh, she's awesome in this movie. He owes her money. Uh, he didn't realize it was going to be three hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, he yep. goes and tries to get money but in the meantime when he comes back home there's a uh some sort of precious antique or some sort of egg that the mom has on her mantle and uh, yeah a glass egg glass or a egg. crystal egg yeah yeah so he, i forget what she says about it but it's I, I don't know if she gives like the origin you know like it's might, my yeah. grandma's egg or anything like that but um yeah basically it's just like you cannot uh you cannot wreck this egg do not lose this egg we're aware that this is a very <laughs> important piece of that nature right so he uh he goes to try and find her because she has the egg and he finds her and when he does he also meets the pimp by the aforementioned joe pantaleono uh, who plays guido in the movie and uh guido is joey pants yeah joey pants is not a nice guy as as nope. most pimps are known to be <laughs> and, right uh at that he's not as bad of a guy as he could like, he's not a like beat your ass yeah. pimp you know yeah. he's more of a he, yeah he's he's actually maybe a little worse i think tom cruise probably would have rather just had his ass kicked and been done with it or or he had been robbed for whatever money was his pocket rather than what joey pants does throughout the rest of this movie to him but <laughs> right um yeah we'll get into that but okay uh sorry go ahead no it's all right um so the basically they they escape guido and at that point, a, it, a relationship starts to form between Joel and Lana, and uh, she's kind of just chilling at the house now at this point, making breakfast. And um, and uh, she has a friend. Uh, I can't remember the friend's name. might have been Vicky. But um, either way, they go out, you know, they go out on a date. With sure, them. they're not they're not real people, right. you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who cares, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I did not write down. I'm all just kidding. Things. That's not true at all. I was just. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I definitely think prostitutes are real people. Yes, they are. All right, well, let's we'll cut all this out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, long story. It was a poor attempt at, at a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's my fault. I killed the momentum. I should have. Uh... I should have let you keep rolling. With I think I ruined the momentum. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> it's fine. We're going to yeah. right, chop all this out. That's my favorite part of this is the editing. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the beloved Porsche <laughs> that Joel has, is driving around. Uh, all right. You know, in a movie like this where the dad's like, listen, you're not insured for the Porsche. Yeah. Don't touch my Porsche. Take the station wagon. You know exactly what's going to happen as soon as the dad leaves right. the... Uh, also, parallels between this movie and License to Drive, which is a, a banger classic of, of yes. uh, another degree. Um, not as, as R-rated or sexually yeah. explicit. Uh, yep, yep. yep. No, you... I killed the, I killed the yeah. momentum. You got me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, you didn't kill the momentum. You just jumped right out in front of me. That's fine. You're like a like a deer. <laughs> Gotta watch out for you. It's exactly what I thought when uh, when when all this was happening with the Porsche. The, the Porsche uh, gets ruined, falls into Lake Michigan. Well, hold on a second. Hold on. Sorry, not to interrupt, but speaking of Richard Mazur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't Whatever know. It is, yeah. Uh, we we failed to mention that uh, Tom Cruise is uh, currently a senior. He's taking his SATs, and, and his dad is very 
um, adamant that he get into Princeton. So um, a lot of what happens in this movie hinges on him trying to both uh, do well in his last X amount of weeks or whatever of high school, but then also get into Princeton. And his dad sets up an interview during the course of the time that the parents are on vacation. So Cruz can attempt to get into Princeton. Now, Peter, let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen when the parents leave the hijinks ensue and Richard Mazur as the Princeton um, uh, admissions guy shows up? Do you think it will happen at a time when there is a bunch of chaotic uh, sex and drugs shit happening? Listen, I wasn't sure, but... (laughs) If there was a perfect time, <laughs> even after not up, seeing yeah. this movie for 25 years, <laughs> Lo and I think behold. I got a pretty good idea yeah. about how that was going to play out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the the reason they have this uh, this sex and drug filled party is because the Porsche was ruined and they needed they needed a lot of money to get it fixed, and um, so they're they're just, they're seeing that they can make money. Um, Okay, hold on a second. Let, let, let me let me ask you one other question. Sure. I know we're jumping around the plot, but just as we go through this, I want to like throw this shit out because mm-hmm. I'm gonna forget later on. The Porsche, I'm guessing, cost at least as much as this Porsche would probably just cost a fucking rebuy to. I mean, the Porsche falls into Lake Michigan. Okay, yes. let's just be real about this. Yep. It, literally, I mean, it, it's gonna be all electronics are ruined. I mean, and there's parts that are gonna be rusted. Whatever. He takes it to the Porsche dealer. They supposedly fix it. I don't know how this works. I've never dropped a car in the lake before. I'm guessing it's a total loss and you buy a new car or, but, but he's not insured on it. Right. And, and also he has to hide this from his parents. So he can't, so he makes enough money to essentially rebuild a Porsche uh, or buy a new one. I'm not really sure what, which thing he did. Uh, they make it sound like it was repaired. And then also at the end of this movie, Joey pants, we alluded to being a shitbag of a higher degree who doesn't just beat the shit out of Cruz and like steal the money out of his wallet, but actually like steals all of his furniture and mom's clothes and you know, the egg and all this other like expensive shit in their house and sells it back to him. So they made enough money in one night for Cruz to uh, essentially buy a new Porsche or, or repair. I'm guessing it was more expensive to fucking repair the you thing think. either way. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then also Joey pants rolls in and sells him all of his shit back for, and, and they're going through the prices. Like you want the stereo? We're talking uh, $225. This yeah. is a pretty nice setup. Uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, you want your mama's clothes? Oh, what do you say? 125 for the lot. It's like, and he, he just gives them all his money. Yeah. And it's like, how much fucking money did they make? I'm going to call bullshit on how much money these girls made in that one night. Uh, with yeah. Tom Cruise's high school buddies, essentially. He says at some point towards the end that they made $8,000 that night, and I do not think that's enough to refurnish a house and completely fix a destroyed Porsche. <laughs> right. But, on, on the plus side, he is the... Uh, he, he does get to sort of best the Young uh, Entrepreneur Society or whatever he was part oh, of. Oh, yeah, I Young Enterprises. For, yeah. Yeah, from, from fucking prostitutes and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true um, all right uh back to you sorry where were we in the in the in the lineage of this that's, tale that's this fable if you will that's essentially where where i was was that uh, after a after a brief argument with lana the the uh 
Joel tries to get back in his Porsche with the doors locked and it starts to roll down a hill and goes into Lake Michigan. Naturally. Yeah, right. Naturally. <laughs> of all the places they parked the car, that was not the smartest place to park a Porsche, but on a hill, on a hill and yeah. uh she she's too stupid to notice she like actually just shifted the thing into right. whatever, neutral or drive or something and Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so so I like this movie, but there's just stuff like that that and I get that's just common i mean any sort of high school sex comedy yeah. it's it's a comedy of hijinks right. right so people do things and they don't even notice it or dumb shit that you and i wouldn't do or or would at least you know double check or realize maybe we did something wrong nope not in these movies and that's fine that's fine i mean i wasn't watching it being like oh my god this movie's terrible or this sucks or right. how do they not I was, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. And even though I, I know the Porsche eventually goes into the lake, it was funny how watching it now, I, I, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, how does this happen again? And right. then I saw her bump up the, the gear shift and I was like, oh, naturally. But at the same time, I was also kind of going, mm, she should have realized something happened there. You and I don't get into a car and just accidentally fucking put it in reverse and not realize we did that. <laughs> right, right. No, that was not that she put it in reverse, but I'm just saying, you, you know, whatever it is, ear, putting like, it in yeah. neutral. Yeah, yeah, right. Of the thousands of yeah. times we've driven, that has yet to happen to either of us. So, I want to say, as much as I like Rebecca De Mornay in this movie, she's kind of a shitty person. Like she, she does a lot of shit like that, where she's just oblivious to her surroundings or how it's going to affect other people. And I get that in the beginning. She's a she's this call girl. She's out for herself. She's probably upset about the life she has to live. She doesn't like Joey Pants. She doesn't trust. Cruz, she doesn't want to even probably be doing this. She thinks she's a smarter person who's going to be a, a business mogul, and, and that's ultimately what happens with her. And yes, I, I get all of that. But if you're such a smart person, you also don't do a lot of the dumb shit that you do in this movie. And, and besides that, she also seems very like kind of selfish and self-centered, and she doesn't even seem to really care about the fact that she's fucking him over like right. a dozen different times. Right. She fucks his car up and doesn't even care about it. And, and the best she can do is be like, hey, listen, here's what we can do. I'll bring some of my girls over. You bring your guys over, and we'll split everything 50-50. And he's like, you dropped my car in the fucking lake. Like, where, yeah. where's the... <laughs> right. If she'd have just stayed home... Yeah, the egg would have never been gone, and all these things. Right. Yeah. But to be fair, if if I'm her, I also initially wouldn't give a shit about this kid. I'd be like, listen, I, you, yeah. you knew you were hiring a call girl. I expect to be paid. You, you didn't have the money. Like, I'm not really sure what Cruz was up to at that point anyway, because he already was burned once. He already was like uh, talking to uh, uh, not Louis Armstrong, Curtis Armstrong. Curtis, yeah. He's like, don't, uh, yeah, don't uh, call this girl. And then, but it's clear that. Even after that whole thing happens, he's still so hard up to, I guess, get laid. And Peter, we're, we're, we're burying the lead here, which is that we've watched a lot of movies between 1982 and 1983. Yes. Uh, since Porky's or so. Yep. With these kind of sex uh, comedy sort of hijinks. And I will say, as much as I'm sitting here right now just kind of talking in... Um, technicalities about how this, that, and the other thing wouldn't happen. This movie is a much more polished and um, yeah. well-made and artistic and interesting, uh, introspective. I don't know. You can throw you whatever superlatives you want in in here, but then shit like Porky's, and even as much as we said stuff like um, uh, Private School and Joysticks, yeah. we're like, well, these movies are fucking dumb, but at least they're not Porky's. Like th this movie is way better than that it's like on Absolutely. a whole other level of 
budget, direction, acting. Uh, it's it's really trying to do something and be something, and and that's to its credit. But then I don't understand why we still have some of these dumb, obvious, cliched things going on in it, where you can just look at it and be like, why did this person just not do this, or why did yeah. they do that, or why did they say that? And, and God, that stuff just so frustrating in movies like this. I, I just agree. wish they would. You play know, it more straight but it's 93 minutes long and it it uh it it moves fast it and but yeah like you said oh yeah they they, they have to they have to throw in these these tropes of of teen comedies and and this one handles it a trillion times better than some of the shit we've watched well yeah um, it's just for it's just for funny right mm-hmm. you know I, I get why they have to do it i get why they have to play their uh, little game of making everybody Right, you know, make what, the worst whatever, decisions you know, so. at all times. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's got to further the plot to the yep. next funny thing. But, yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, really, they need to uh, they need to get money to pay for all this, and they realize that uh, boys are horny and prostitutes make money, and combine those two with the business acumen of of Korea. Much like the filmmakers who realize that (laughs) (laughs) boys are horny and the movie Uh, needs to make money. Yep. Um, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit over Rucka Dorney in this movie, because I thought she was smoking hot. Absolutely. my takeaway. Um, I know she is perhaps in a choir taste. I think she has a sort of a I don't know what the word is. She, she, in terms of an actress. Uh, yes. What do you, what do you, what do you think of Rebecca? I like, I, I like a bunch of movies she's in. I can, yeah. She's not one of the, a, a renowned actress. Like, I think I've seen. I know I've seen the hand that rocks the cradle in this, but in terms of yeah other films, oh, she's in Wedding Crashers. That's right. Uh, but that's that was kind of like uh, not stunt casting, but she's playing a mother in the in that, I believe. Um, well, she kind of did this thing um, post Hand That Rocks Cradle, which was a big hit, like a surprise yeah. hit, like one of the bigger, I think it was kind of riding that Fatal Attraction wave or uh, a Basic Instinct wave or whatever it was. Um, that was huge. And then she was like, okay, let me double down on erotic thrillers. And she did something called Guilty of Sin with Don Johnson, which I actually thought was a pretty solid. I mean, it's dumb as fuck, but it's <laughs> it's like a good, another sort of Fatal Attraction type deal. He's yeah. He's the bad guy in there, not her. And then she's in something with Antonio Banderas called Never Talk to Strangers, which is kind of the same thing. He's the creepo. But in all these movies, it's sort of sexually charged, right? So she's like trading on her looks and her body and there's nudity and everything else. And it seems like when that all sort of went away, so did she. And that's unfortunate because I think she's a good actress. Um, but I, I think she she never really knew what... Uh, we, we kind of talked about this last week with... Um, I don't remember what movie it was, but we just we said, you know, Hollywood just didn't really seem to know what to, to do with this person. And yeah. um, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, she, I think, should have had a bigger, better career. And I haven't really seen her in anything in, in a long while. I don't know if you got her filmography. I, going yeah, the, the last uh, <clears throat> the last thing of note that that. Uh, she was on the Marvel uh, series Jessica Jones. Um, okay, well, I was just gonna say, I was like, you think she could be like a Renee Russo type, yes. who, who, okay, maybe even though she never had the career she deserved, or, or should still be making movies, maybe like she'd pop up as like Thor's mom, or, uh, you know, right. <laughs> fucking uh, whoever, whatever it is, yeah. uh, like uh, Chris, done, uh... Chris Evans' mom and. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <they're>... yeah well... <laughs> 
Wait, who's the guy I'm thinking of? There's Chris Evans. There's so many Chris's. Chris uh, Hemsworth. Not Pine. Oh, uh, not Pine and Hemsworth. Who's the other one in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, is that Pratt. Chris even? Yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. So yeah. many Pratt's. There is a lot of Chris. Remember, remember a couple of years ago when they were fighting over who was the best Chris? Yeah, I think Pratt lost that one with his personality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a shitbag. I would yeah. go with uh, uh, Chris Gaines personally. Um, is that the uh, Garth Brooks alter ego? <laughs> yeah, that was the joke. No, he's not the not the best Chris. <laughs> she was in the Chris uh... Chris Cornell obviously wins that one. Chris Cornell, yeah, there <laughs> She's in the sequel called American Union or American Union, American Reunion, which uh, is the uh, third. Oh, the American Pie thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that movie. She is in that? Okay, yeah. I forgot all about her in that then. I thought that was a really good... Uh, yeah, I like that one. Okay. They, they all like get back together after... I actually like all of those. The uh, Well, I don't love American Pie 2 as much, but I like American Pie. I like American Wedding. I like American Reunion. Um, I thought those were all pretty good movies. Wow. 2 is kind of a, a kind of shitty, but yeah. I, I like the, the later ones. I think I saw 1 and 2, and that was it. Reunion is just good because it's kind of like this movie or some of these other 80s movies we're, we're talking about and been reviewing where it gets the, the balance right. Like It's not a very good movie, and they've gone back to the well one too many times for these American Pie guys, but it does a couple things right. Number one, there's a bunch of like you know good sex hijinks and nudity and stuff like that. So if you're in it for that, it, it gets all that right. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it also, I, I feel like it kind of furthers these characters that you like and care about, and it, it does a good job of that. And these guys are all still game and, and do a, a really good job. And, and the, the comedy is good, and also some of the emotional stuff is pretty good. And, you know, yeah, it's not a great movie, but um, I really thought those two later American Pie movies, uh, Wedding and Reunion, were were solid as long as you like and care about the american pie guys i mean right that's, that's a prerequisite for that <laughs> of but, course um but i i thought they were good so anyway i believe what are we talking about rick Marty? yeah yeah awesome good morning yeah. yeah like i said uh, you know kind of a poor woman's melanie griffith in terms of her career trajectory in terms of roles she got after i mean uh, melanie griffith is a poor woman's melanie griffith in, in terms, point, in terms yeah. of her career trajectory. Yeah. that's a good point <laughs> Which which is sad, and I don't know the details. Maybe it's one of these things where Hollywood fucking boxed her out, and uh, you know. But maybe it was Don Johnson's fault. Who knows? But right. uh, regardless, yeah, she her star rose like hard and fast, and then kind of fell. And I'm sure it has something to do with '90s Hollywood and everything sure. else. But uh, yeah, the, I, I don't know. I, I think what happens is these girls they they age. They start out as attractive and sex pots and whatever else and then when they can't make that work anymore the hollywood kind of forgets about them it's unfortunate because a lot of them are good actresses yep. yeah you got melanie griffith michelle pfeiffer um uh, rebecca devorney's one we talked about phoebe cates last week who yeah. never really got beyond private school after hitting it big with um fast times yeah and yeah there's there's a there's a hundred other examples and it's it's unfortunate but so we have we have the party, which which I must I must add real quick. Uh, I thought the whole I thought the entire movie was going to be basically this was that he was running a brothel out of his house. And that was going to be like 90 percent of the movie. But it's really just one scene. Uh, one. Yeah, one it's party. like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a pleasant surprise. Um, not that that was some reason I didn't want to see it. But I guess that that plot didn't really ever intrigue me that much like a whole movie about that. 
Uh, so yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Really? I yeah. think that'd be kind of a funny movie to watch. You don't well, think I mean, that if you, if uh, you, uh, if you uh, saw the plot of it, like a yeah, teenager I mean, starts a, his own brothel or becomes a pimp or whatever, you want to watch that movie? I I guess for some reason it wasn't it wasn't appealing to me at the time. I don't know why. I'm not. You want to know why? Because the star is Tom Cruise. <laughs> it could have been. I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. We'll we'll get into Tommy Cruise shortly, but. Uh, Anyways, little man. Tommy. He is a short guy, by the way. Um, we have the. Yeah. Well, uh, so is Stallone, but. Yeah, is he? I don't know if I realize that. I'm not trying to invoke Stallone in a place where he doesn't belong again, but I, <laughs> you know. There's always. You know how I roll. There's always room for a yeah. sly reference. A sly reference. Yeah. Um, a sly reference. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not even a slow reference. No. That's a Shidar reference. Yes. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. Amazing. Fucking... Everybody, please check out our Blue Thunder episode. It's just keeps coming back for some yeah. reason. It's an off-the-rails episode, which is always... Is it? We went um, off-the-rails on Blue Thunder? I think we were just cracking up at, uh, at the Shider. Um, the Shider thing? There's... I think I edited it down to like make a little bit of sense. I'll go okay. back and listen to it one of these two. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we have the party. The... Yeah, sorry. You're good. Richard Mazur shows up right during the party as... As forecasted, who knew? And uh, the maze, as I like to call it. Yeah, the maze. Runner. <laughs> Parents call, and uh, they hear people at the house, but they don't. They say they trust them, and and whatnot. Right. And uh, so everything seems like <laughs> right. <laughs> that scene is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they they leave as the most uh, don't touch my stereo levels, uh-huh. and then it's just like ah, so he's having a party. Yeah. Let him. Let him be, and and that's frankly that that's probably the way they they should have yes. reacted. But you, there's nothing prior to that scene that leads you to believe the parents are going to both be real laid back and chill about that. Right. You know, the mom comes home and finds a scratch in her egg, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but then she gets all pissed off, and then the dad somehow assumes the role of she'll be fine, son. Let her just yeah. you know, walk it off or whatever. It's like <laughs> okay, I guess this once again the movie just kind of plays with whatever narrative contrivances sure. it needs to. I was, move things along, but I was glad to see that the, the parents 80s, weren't sorry. the uh, yeah. The, I'm glad the parents weren't caricature '80s parents though, where they're like, you know, just super yeah, strict right. and and screaming at him to to do this and do that. Like they want they wanted him to do well, but there was never any sort of like they're not like bullies yeah. or anything about it. This movie does a really good job of um, balancing uh, the sort of the eighties cliches with a little bit more of the, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week with private school. when we said that um, there's this sort of John Hughes esque uh, kind of truthfulness or whatever to it. And then also this, this eighties kind of quirky horniness of mm-hmm. things. And even more so than um, private school, this movie does a much better job of balancing the, the cliches with the um, a little, little bit more of the nuanced sort of yeah. things that we would actually do in these situations or live through, even though you have this outsized crap, like the, the car going into Lake Michigan and you got to like run a brothel out of your house. It wants to still explore how it would affect these characters and how they would feel and what the consequences of those actions are and, and yeah. all that stuff. And, and I appreciated that. So, um, I'm trying. I'm kind of drawing a blank, so maybe you can help me at this part. So the uh, the party ends, and mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember where we go directly from there, other than than Joey Pants stealing all this shit. Um, I don't really remember if there's something I'm missing in between those two parts. The party ending and 
Joey Pants. No, not really. Cruz Cruz leaves the house. He goes to school or whatever, and um, he's waiting for school to end. And by the time he gets home, ah, uh, right. all his shit's gone. And I'm not really sure. They don't quite explain how Joey Pants got into the house or whatever. I, I guess he found out that there there is a scene where somebody talks about uh, Cruz making all this money or, or Cruz having his girls or whatever. So he clearly went there. Cleaned him out while he was at school, yeah. and then uh, you know, Cruz is like, "I had to pick up my parents in two hours." And somehow, in this short span of time, Joey Pants gets to his house. They auction off all his stuff, and Cruz gets it all put back in place just in time uh-huh. for his parents to get home from the airport. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to call this movie thing. out for not being realistic, right. but that's <laughs> time is a bunch just, of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he. Um... Somehow the only the only thing that was messed up was there was a scratch on the egg. There was not they didn't notice a single other thing amiss in the house. Yeah. So and she notices it right away. Like the first thing she does yeah. when he walks in the house, she goes and like turns the egg. It's it's a light, so she turns the light on. She's like, "There's a scratch in my egg or a crack." Nobody else can even see it. Him right. between him and the dad. And uh, he could have just had full deniability, but he chose to sort of buckle. But what's funny about that part is nobody, even though he's kind of admitting, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. She's like, this is super irresponsible. Nobody's like, yeah, what happened? Like, how right. did you crack it? What? what right. in, there's no follow-up questions. And then by the time his dad shows up to talk to him in the yard, uh, his dad pops up and he's like, something you want to tell me? He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Here he's good at denying things, not so much with the egg. And then uh, the the dad's like, uh, Princeton can use a guy like Joel, uh, what's what's her name, Goodman? Good, it's uh, a Goodman, good, yeah. Goodman, yeah. Good bar. And then Cruz is like, what? And he's like, Princeton can use it. That's what fucking um, Mazur said. Yeah. And <laughs> then he hugs him and all this other stuff. It's like, oh, okay, I guess everything. Works out. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if a guy came to recruit me for college and rolled into the middle of a goddamn broth. Well, let's keep in mind, Mazur uh, apparently betted a one yeah. of the hookers at the party. So. Yeah, that's. Uh, he hooks up with one of them, and apparently he was so. Yeah, he spent the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so excited about that aspect of his life that he's like, "Well, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna let this guy into Princeton," <laughs> even though he's his grades are pretty average. What they say he was 56th in his class, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, like right down the middle, all his extracurriculars were kind of shit. His SATs, yeah. I guess, were fine or whatever. Um, I guess the funnier part is he gets during all of this. He he shows up late to his last uh, two exams or something and and fails them. The there's a scene where the the nurse won't give him an excuse. Yeah. Uh, to to get into them, so he fails those, and then he like grabs her by the collar, and I guess he gets arrested and suspended or uh-huh. expelled or or whatever. And yeah. Yeah, and this all happens uh, before the guy comes. And, and okay, maybe he didn't get the memo yet. But what happens when Princeton gets the the records that he was <laughs> right suspended and didn't even complete his last two classes and all this other stuff? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter once you've interviewed. I'm not sure. I didn't go to a Ivy League school, but uh, something tells me they'd be a little harder than yeah, you even... would think. <laughs> school like Princeton. Yeah. Would have more than one guy looking at records, but I don't know. I don't right. know. Well, what I do know is it's an 80s movie mm-hmm. and this shit happens in them, and it makes a lot more sense or it tries to or attempts to make a lot more sense than a lot of movies of this ilk, and therefore, I guess I'll give it a pass. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think plot wise, that pretty much covers it. I, 
gets. Yeah, now let's get into talking about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh... Uh, oh, no, go what? Ahead. Oh, sorry. I'll, no, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, all right. Um, I, uh, for those who don't know, Ron and I used to be roommates. Um, and I remember even in high school and, and when we lived together, uh, you did not, you were not a fan of Mr. Cruz. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's, yeah, I don't want to say he's come around on you, but he's, you seem to be a little, your stance is softened a little bit. Is that true or inaccurate or? Uh, I I feel like that might be accurate, but I'm now hard pressed to wonder what I've said to you in the past that made you think that. What what were the things that I that you did? Was there like a him? movie we reviewed? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. I know I don't like him. I oh, I don't okay. like him. What okay. what makes you think my stand? Were, were we talking? I can't remember. I thought we were talking about him recently. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, Cruise is finest. Yeah, we were talking outsiders about maybe. Impossible. We were talking about the Mission Impossible films on. Uh, yeah messenger um i don't know if we mm-hmm. covered him much in the outsiders he's such a small role in that but um so i he, mean he's he still fine like no i don't know i think this could have been fucking robert Downey jr yeah. anthony michael hall I, I mean pick your 80s sure. guy james spader um Probably not Matt Dillon. He's the only guy worse than Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like Matt Dillon. I do. I do. I just think he sucks in The Outsiders. But, uh, um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, and Cruise is fine in this. He, he's good even. I get why he's a star. I get why he's engaging. I get why people like him. I mean, his teeth are fucking annoying. Like, there's there's things about him I don't like. Yeah. Um, he, he this this idea that just because he does his own stunts automatically makes him the best action hero or whatever, I don't buy any of that. These Mission Impossible movies are just not my thing and, and that's okay. I, I right. like I like eighties and nineties action. I don't care that you can do some crazy ass fucking shit hanging off a plane. That's not what I want. I want people getting shot. I want like a Riggs and Murtaugh bond. Yes. I want you know I, that's that's what I care about. I don't sure. I don't give a fuck about your you know whatever. And to that extent, um, that's Tom Cruise as an action hero. I also think Tom Cruise is a fucking nut bar in this idea that we're all just going to like gloss over the fact that he's in a goddamn cult and, sure. uh, you know, he's, he's a piece of shit who probably fucks a bunch of people over who joins said cult cause he's their alpha whatever. And now we all give him a pass cause we like fucking Top Gun and Mission Impossible. <laughs> Fuck you fuckers. <laughs> right. Like that's. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm just into it. But that all said, I, I'm the guy who's like, listen. I still am going to watch every Steven Seagal movie from 1988 to 1998 right. or whatever. So, okay, I get it. Mel Gibson, that guy's a fucking piece of shit. But I'm not going to pretend I all of a sudden don't like Lethal sure. Weapon and you know 50 other movies yeah. he made. So, totally get it. Don't care. But he was never one of my guys to begin with. And I guess that's the thing. Like in the eighties, I, I did not see, and we're going to do it pretty soon. I did not see all the right moves. I didn't see top gun until home video at some friend's house. And I was underwhelmed and you know, maybe it's cause that's where I saw it. I wasn't a big guy in the like military jet uh, yeah. car, any of the like vehicle stuff. Um, and then from there, I, I, as I got older, he was doing a lot of like shit that just didn't appeal to me. I mean, I, I was, you know, 87 on i'm into shit like lethal weapon die hard predator robocop stuff like that and he's making like days of thunder and far and away and uh, uh whatever uh, he's yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah he, he was not my thing and by the time that everybody kind of seemed to can't come around to him with uh magnolia and he had this kind of second career i i was already sitting here going well i've seen enough cool uh auteur movies like 
Pulp Fiction and Boogie Nights, and and now we're gonna drop Tom Cruise into one of these, and all of a sudden he's a, a fucking awesome indie star. No, get the fuck out of here. Fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then and then you find out about the Scientology, and then you find out like, oh, okay, he's just gonna uh, make a bunch of goddamn Mission Impossible movies, which I I didn't like the first one and i don't know look i'm not sitting here trying to be like tom cruise sucks and and if you like him you're a fucking idiot or anything i, I get it like he's he's definitely a right. big star he's he's maybe our biggest star apparently he saved cinema or whatever in the last two years and that's <laughs> that's fine i i guess right. but um i don't know so anyway i was happy to go back watch this movie that i actually did like as a kid <laughs> see what i thought of it and um no, fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, in conclusion, <laughs> like, like he's fine. He's he's he, he's he's good in it. He's fine in it. I I don't think he's ever bad. He's always fine. I think right. the idea of Tom Cruise is the thing that I don't like. And again, I think you could have put a bunch of other people in this movie. Not anyone. I mean, we've watched a bunch of shitty sex movies, mm. and uh, even some bigger stars might not be good in it. I said Anthony Michael Hall or whatever. Like he probably wouldn't have been as good in this. Um whatever but it's just it's it's not a it's not like the tom cruise movie like this movie is good for 50 other reasons and rebecca mornay is one the score is one the direction is one the cinematography is one uh the supporting cast you got bronson pinchot you got the curtis armstrong you got joey pants uh all these people are are very good this movie does not rest on tom cruise's shoulders even though it's his big kind of breakthrough star vehicle if he wasn't in it it was like robert downey jr or something this movie would have been just as good. Yeah, I, I totally think. agree with that. I, I, I don't know, but yeah, no, that was. Uh, he's got the sunglasses. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's uh, that was a he's rant good ages, by in the way. this. Sorry, it's uh, not a rant, man. It's just no. I don't. I don't want to say rant <laughs> has a negative me. connotation. It was a. It was a good. Um, you were rolling there. I was. I was loving that. That was okay. Thanks. Um, he's he's good in this. He he is good. I liked him in this movie. I did not dislike him. I was not like God. I wish Tom Cruise wasn't in this. Fucking Tom Cruise is ruining this for me. And and I never think that about a Tom Cruise. Actually, Eyes Wide Shut. I think he sucks in. I like that movie a lot. And I yeah. think it would have been way better without Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I think they got so caught up in the let's get Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in this and make a, a real whatever that. Um, and again, he's not terrible in it. He's fine, but he's just he's just fine. He's like right. I don't know. There would have been so many better actors to put in that movie. Um, I mean, just just pick somebody from the late nineties that was sure, sure, you're popular and fire. Yeah, and yeah. yeah I mean, whatever. I, I don't know, yeah. but anyway, people love Tom Cruise. I get it. That's fine. I'm out of the loop. I I like a lot of weird shit people don't like, and and that's perfectly fine too. But yeah. to your to your original question did this change my mind am i softening on him yeah maybe a little bit i think as we go through these 80s movies and watch this stuff i might be like okay well i can see why people liked him i can i can totally see why people liked him in this movie he's charismatic and charming and and fun and he's a good actor i'm not taking any of that away from him i'm just saying i am not going to go see a new movie because somebody's like it's the new tom cruise movie right or or the shit I keep hearing, you know, he does his own stunts. I don't care. Fuck <laughs> off. I don't give a shit. Like, that doesn't right. do anything for me. Like, I don't right. give a fuck if you do your own stuff. That's not a reason for me to go and sit through your two and a half hour shitty movie of you, like, fucking <laughs> jumping off cliffs and shit. I don't care. Fuck off. Like, make a good movie. I, don't, I just don't give a shit. Yeah, I get Ugh. that, man. Listen, I... I'm a fan of Tom Cruise, but I do not, I do not go and see a movie because he's in it. Like, there's a ton of movies that I that he's in that I haven't right. seen. Um, but right. 
yeah, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of his work and I don't know if it's always because of him, but I, I do think that, uh, Going he back saved to, cinema. No, I do. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> I do think that. I'm in, just kidding. Uh, no, I know. In, in Rain Man, I think he was. So the, dumb. He was the better. Uh, he was even better than Hoffman because Hoffman was just playing a simpleton of sorts. and Like a caricature or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Cruise has to react to that. Yes, I get that. I haven't seen Rain Man in. in... 30 years or whatever it's been since okay. that movie came out. So yes, uh, that's, that's a potential blind spot. Um, there's definitely movies I never even bothered watching from him in, in the late eighties and nineties that might mm-hmm. really blow me away. So maybe my opinion is really based on some shitty eighties movies and, and then what he's done in the last 20 years or so. I'm perfectly happy to be proven wrong in this. I hope as we watch some of his movies, we're going to do all the right moves. That's coming up this year. Yep. Um, I'm sure we got a handful of other ones in the next couple of years. Uh, I, you know, Assuming this podcast lasts and my head doesn't explode between now and then with uh, you know some of these rants, yeah. uh, I, I'll I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong and, and maybe I'll watch some of them that I didn't even like. You know, there's there's garbage like fucking Far and Away sucks and I didn't like Days of Thunder and I I don't care about uh, uh, I mean I don't know what name like what was I the 1994 Tom Cruise movie The Fucking Firm I don't give a fuck firm, about that yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I never like I know that's. I, Generally well regarded, yeah. but I don't. That's ninety three. I, like I think. But whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't like Top Gun. I didn't like. Uh... Oh, terrible! I watched that with the kids recently. My mom's like, "Listen, Top Gun Maverick, like everybody, Top Gun Maverick's amazing." Like, okay, one. okay. Wait, we're right, right. I'm just, I'm just. I'm, okay. Yes, Sorry. but I'm setting the stage for you. Okay, Everybody's like, bad. "It's amazing," and she's like, "I want the kids to go see it, and I want you to see." it. I'm like, "All right, mom," but I really didn't like Top Gun. She's like, "When did you see it?" I was like, "Well, when I was fucking seven or whatever." Uh-huh. And, and my friends loved it. I was just like. Ah guys you know uh, whatever and so uh, i i watched the original with the kids just to, on the off chance that we might go see top gun maverick that movie is so fucking bad peter it's 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 terrible god damn yeah yes it's, i hate that it's movie. fucking trash yeah yeah and and i know everybody's like well maverick's way better and i bet it is i it bet is. it's not yeah. nearly as cheesy i bet yeah. it looks better i bet like, all that stuff right but uh even so it, i was just kind of like i i don't I don't know. I think maybe my stance on this Tom Cruise guy was was right this whole time. <laughs> it is this not, <laughs> this no. random actor Tom Cruise. I think maybe I just <laughs> look. I get it. I'm I am in the minority. I'm on the outs on this, as I am with lots of stuff, and that's fine. I'm willing to own that. It, listeners, do not stop listening to the podcast just because you're like this guy has no idea what he's fucking talking about. That's my thing, um, but. That all said, I like this movie. I like Cruise in it. I like everybody else in it. I think it is a good ensemble piece, if you will. I realize it's kind of a star-making vehicle for Cruise, and that's okay. Um, I, I don't know that it it would not have worked just as well without him in it. But sure. Uh, that said, it's got some iconic moments and scenes. The 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 jumping around uh, 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 old time rock and roll is mm. great. Um, so. Yeah, fine. We uh, we didn't discuss the. I mean, we 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 discussed that the movie is well directed. We uh, Paul Brickman, who doesn't have a, yeah. a wide. He did the nineteen ninety <laughs> film Men Don't Leave with Jessica Lange and a uh, the always Nick Nolte is he Corosmo. in it? I don't think so. Men what am I thinking of? Jessica Lange and Nick Nolte. Oh, what were they in ninety? Like... Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a men don't leave thing goddamn robert yeah. de niro just won't get off the fucking boat 
<laughs> right? He won't leave. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Lange is like, God damn all these men who won't leave. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell and Joan Cusack and Kathy Bates and your Charlie Corsmo. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, Brickman did not do very much as a uh, as a director. We have uh, something called Deal of the Century in 1983. Also, he did a Bad News Bears sequel in 1977. He is from Chicago, Illinois. So he just when you just what we needed was another Chicago based yeah. uh, teen comedy. But at least this one didn't. Yeah, well, this movie I think does really well with the Chicago scene of things. Even yes. though I was kind of like, how are they going from the the suburbs to the city for ice cream and and doing it in you know 20 minutes flat or whatever the movie is suggesting? That's that's a little funny I, I frankly i watched this movie right after we spent the uh weekend in chicago and tom cruise's character is in glencoe which i had to go to oh. and it's it's a good half hour outside of the city or whatever so i'm really not sure why there's so many scenes of them driving to the city just to do shit like get ice cream or, or whatever. But, <laughs> right um the glencoe ice whatever. cream is garbage dude you gotta go into the city apparently <laughs> Let me just go through some notes here. Cruz's sunglasses. Uh, he also wears the same shirt the entire first two thirds of the movie, uh, <laughs> except for when he dresses up. There's a couple scenes where he puts on like a fucking sweater vest and a button down, but for the most part, he wears that weird uh, uh, pickup shirt that's like gray and with red sleeves. And, yes. And he just wears that with varying varying jeans and jorts. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> I wrote Belky and Booger both in this movie. So you got your Bronson Pinchot and your Curtis Armstrong. They drink uh, Old Milwaukee Schlitz and Tab. That's fun <laughs> yeah. for for the 1982-83 set. Yeah, uh, I like Boogers. Uh, sometimes you got to just say what the fuck, and then so he's like, "So your folks are going out of town. You got the place all to yourself." what the fuck and then you know th this shit that we all talked about goes down and then <laughs> tom cruise is like what happened to what the fuck and he's like i forgot what he says to him but he says something like that's that's insane you're an idiot why would you listen to me? <laughs> yes yeah why would you listen to me <laughs> did you catch that his dad at the end says sometimes you got to say what the heck yeah right yep that, that was and then uh there there's also funny stuff from the parents, like, uh, did you get your SAT scores? You know, how did you do? And then they're like, you have a Princeton interview. And they're like, here's this class egg and the dad's stereo equipment levels. And you're just like, oh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen with all of these things as this movie <laughs> <Right>. progresses. <laughs> Little foreshadowing, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was well-directed. I like the, the point of view shots, like when uh, Cruz is dropping off his parents at the airport and they're just yes. in his face and that sort of thing. Um, and there's a couple other instances like that where um, they they show uh, Cruz kind of things like moving away from him or coming into him. I thought I thought the, the director there, Paul Brickman, did a really good job of that. I'm surprised he didn't uh, have a bigger career because I thought a lot of this movie looked really, really good and well shot and some good ideas in terms of... Uh, camera moves and and that sort of thing um it also tries to actually be sexy with the sex scenes and not just like random scattered tits you know a lot of these movies that we've been watching it's just for instance uh, private school even though we're kind of like well porgy sucks it doesn't even deliver on what it wants to 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 do private school i guess does there's a lot of nudity but it's just this random shit where somebody's like just watching a girl in a shower for three minutes or something at uh -huh. least this movie is it's it's sexy it it, it does something with the artistry of the uh, you know the, the scene and the filmmaking and the music and all this other stuff and and that's something that's been missing so far from some of these these teen sex comedies Absolutely. we watched so i think this one is 
definitely way better. There's there's less of it maybe. There's two or three scenes in this movie that are are quote horny or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, they're far and away better than something we've seen so far in in the yeah. movies reviewed on this podcast since since last year. I'll even go um, as far as to say that that first scene where you meet Lana is is definitely one of the hotter scenes in in memory in terms of a of a lovemaking scene like that was with the door blowing open and everything that was just well done and very sexy and yeah i was i really liked that she comes in she's got no underwear on you know yeah it's like uh um i i'll i'll say this lana spelled backwards is anal (laughs) ron you are a fountain of information (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did, when did you discover this i don't know man oh my God. that's great i think i just looked at it in my notes and i was like what <laughs> look at that yeah i don't even quite know how to respond to that but uh all and in me all being a fountain of information is yes pretty good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all uh, all... He he drinks he drinks whiskey and coke in a uh, and has a TV dinner, which is kind of funny. But then there's the TV dinner is like still frozen, which is not very funny because right. I don't like movies where they do stupid shit where you're like, well, he would have noticed that, yeah, you know, five minutes ago and put it back in the microwave, right? Like who just sits down. <laughs> why would he sit there and like eat it like a right. popsicle? Oh, that was like so I get gross. the joke. <laughs> yeah, but Peter, here's the fucked up thing about this, and this is how I know that I'm, uh, you know this movie is not realistic because I do remember loving the, the Swanson TV dinners and the hungry man oh, yeah. dinners and, oh, and even, yeah. the, even the basic ones. And seriously, around the time I was first watching this movie, like I said, 10 years old, whatever I, that, that shit was like my bread and butter. I was like, yeah, mom, buy was, you know, 10 of those. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, they were probably like 10 for dinner. 10 when we were that age. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And yeah, I would eat the shit out of I'm like, listen, this fucking dumbass. I'm 10. He's, uh, you know, 18 or whatever and yeah. getting laid and he doesn't know how to, uh, uh, properly cook a tv dinner and then he feeds it to a couple of the prostitutes at some point and they're apparently well cooked so they there's a whole scene missing where he learned how to cook a tv dinner in this movie maybe that i would have appreciated them them. (laughs) right maybe they said you need to microwave this or oven it or something but (laughs) yeah yeah i gotta give a shout out the uh the fried chicken hungry man the uh the fish and chips the the mexican one the uh Oh god, they're all so fucking good. The fried chicken, the yeah. meatloaf, the uh, the Salisbury steak, yeah, Salisbury and steak. you kind of oh, yeah. base them on what the desserts were. I like the brownie. Mm. I like the cobbler. Yes. Um, yeah. Sometimes the uh, veggies got a little like the corn, for instance, will always get a little dried out, even while the the rest of the entree was was pretty solid. So yep. you had to like forego that. But uh, yeah, goddamn. Those are the days, and we didn't realize what we were putting in our body. I think those are terrible for you, <laughs> right? But... <laughs> right, but damn, they were good, man. Oh God, I mean, I'm, I could go for one right now. Right, me too. <laughs> so we mentioned the soundtrack, yeah. Uh, uh, Old time rock and roll, hungry hard, DMSR in the air tonight, and that's just uh, before you even get to the uh, uh, Tangerine Dream stuff. It's it's good. It's just another example of how much better made and more memorable and effective and evocative and all that this movie is than your average horny teenage flick. Yep. And I think, I think you got a major studio behind it, a, a good director, uh, established stars or at least actors at this point. Um, and, and there's some real stakes in terms of the high school record and all that. Like, I, I think the way they, 
it, it, it sort of safely everybody makes it out of things as contrived and typical of, of these kind of movies. But you are like, oh my god, this fucking guy is like ruining his life right now. <laughs> you know, he's he was on the track to at least potential uh, basic college, whatever, and and he's or or had a shot at Princeton apparently, according to his dad, and he's just literally throwing it all away with every decision he makes and um i was captivated enough by his his plight to hope that that didn't happen to him even though i i knew better and i i kind of knew how this movie ended and everything but it, it it grips you and holds you in. it's a good story it's well told it's well paced it's well done everybody in it's good yep. um it's well directed well made great music i mean there's nothing not to like about this movie if you watch risky business and you're like oh man i don't like that movie i don't know what the fuck to tell you guy right. you just need to <laughs> watch porkies i guess yeah go watch porkies <laughs> I uh, I give yeah. this movie three and a half stars. I was weighing between three and three and a half, but I think all told, uh, I'm going to go three and a yeah. half on it. I hadn't actually thought about it. Um, yes, I guess I'd be somewhere in between three and a half stars. Um, I guess I'll go three and a half. Yeah, you know, it's an 83 comedy, especially sex comedy. This yeah. one is, is far and away the best we've seen. I do have a little bit of a soft spot for... Um, uh, private school even though we both agree that's more of like a two two and a half star movie yeah uh risky business is a legit movie it's a good movie um sure three and a half stars for a, a 83 teen sex comedy and yeah. something more i think it's it's a little more than just that so oh, i don't sure. undersell it as as only that so right oh man i'm gonna go buy a bunch of hungry we're going on vacation i think that would be the best thing to have in the fridge Hell's i'm gonna yeah, stock up on yeah <laughs> I, here's what i'll do i'll buy one for every night of the week and then uh when we you know every single night i'll eat a different one and i'll i'll like live stream me eating it with a review <laughs> you should <laughs> that'll be a fun content. thing to do yeah 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 <laughs> join the patreon everybody <laughs> Okay, All so right. opening August 12th of 1983 is Cujo, the Stephen King adaptation. Um, Peter, I, uh, before we get into it, what what uh, have you seen it? Did you hear of it? Have, have you known it? Did you watch it when you were a kid? Uh, did you read the book? Did, you, did your, your mom talk about it? I don't know. Like, but... <laughs> uh, I will give you my, my history of Cujo. I would say over the last 25, 30 years, it would be on TV. And um, every single time... It would be this the them in the car, and <laughs> well, that is that is, that uh, is probably a, a movie, half of yeah, the movie, which, right. which I didn't realize. I was like, "How do I keep turning it on during this part?" But then I realized after watching it today that it is a lot of the movie. Um, th- to that extent, no, I never read the book, never saw the movie as a whole, didn't even realize there was other people in it besides D. Wallace, the dog, and Danny Pintaro. So, um, this today was my maiden yep. voyage. Okay, and thoughts. Huh. Um, broad strokes. We'll get into the details. Just okay. Yeah, we'll, a... we'll get we'll get into the details. But uh, my initial thought is, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i absolutely just what don't was... you like about it um okay so with the without having read the book it felt like a 15 minute story stretched out into 90 stretched minutes. out yeah um sure i don't 
Okay, this, I, I want to try... Uh, hold on, one second. I, I just want to say this because I'll forget. I have not read the book either. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I've read... Um, well, I mean, he makes so many books. I was going to say I've right. read 90% of his books, but I probably haven't. I probably, maybe I read half. But <clears throat> I never got into the like uh, the Dark Tower and all the like long series stuff, but um, I've, I've read most of his major works. This is the one I have not read, but I do recognize watching this movie that this is probably better on the page being described and that that fills up a I, I don't think it's a very long book but say it fills up a 300 I'm, I'm i'm just throwing this off the top of my head 300 page book but it, it could it could literally be them in the car for 300 pages and all the right. stuff that happens and and just trying to describe things makes for a long book this movie i definitely can see how they were trying to pad that out and i don't know i did look up a little bit how it differs from the book uh mostly the ending but i don't i don't know that they a lot of the stuff that they added to this movie probably uh, was just trying to pad King's story, which I'm guessing is mostly the the dog attacking them in the car and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, sorry, that, go ahead. No, that's that's all right. I I I don't something about the way the uh, Tad, who's the who's the boy played by Danny Pintaro, is is mm-hmm. treated in this movie is it's very unsettling. It was always unsettling to me and. Uh, it's, it's like, I'm not, again, I'm not a prude and I've seen, I've seen really fucked up movies that where fucked up things happen to kids, but something about this movie always rubbed me the wrong way. Something about that scene really rubbed me the wrong way. Like he looked Which genuinely, scene? uh, the, the car scene, he looks genuinely terrified. Well, I mean the car scene, like they're in the car for half the, well, right. you mean just I, like the initial, uh, Cujo just, yeah, attack? just the initial, yeah, just the, like the initial okay. attack and the, and the, with with the camera spinning around and like, that's, that's good tension, but I, it, that bothered me. And, uh, but yeah, as, as a whole, I just didn't think this movie was, was very good at all. It was very frustrating. And, and there was, there was a lot of shit thrown in there just to, to fill time, like an affair and which we'll get into, right. we'll get into all the other stuff going on in this movie. But so yeah, that was, my what about favorite. from a, from a technical filmmaking aspect? what did you think of it? Some of that was, some of that was very good. Um, like I, like I said, that, that scene where, that scene where they're literally on the verge of freaking the fuck out in this car. And it's, it's kind of a spinning going back to her mm-hmm. and then to him. And then it just keeps yeah. going fast. Like that was cool. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the dog stuff is, is really insane. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's a well-made movie and you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technical aspect is one thing, but <laughs> well, the All right. story did absolutely dick for me. <laughs> Your main issue is that I mean, you, you you agree that it's suspenseful, yes, and it has good moments of tension, yep, and it's disturbing, yes, and this is a horror movie. And we agree that some of the padding is unnecessary. Um, you don't like the way the kid is seems actually scared, but yeah. I would imagine that also shows that he's a, a good actor. Yeah. Also, this is introducing Danny Pintaro, yeah. by the way. So this is like first thing. Yeah, and without um, ever hearing an interview with him, I don't know. Like Maybe he was really good at just acting terrified, but something about that. I'm guessing they didn't really terrify him, you know, but maybe he was, I don't know. 
I mean, he's probably. Well, that's true. I guess you never know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably six or something. Um, yeah, the the I guess what I was trying to get at was that the the wraparound device or the uh, the the ancillary plot of the affair and some of this other stuff and like how they become trapped or 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 secluded where Cujo has to get to that we haven't even talked about why Cujo does this yet I'll get into it in a second but that stuff yes. It feels contrived. It feels like a, a screenwriter's contrivance to drive forward a plot or a narrative that is not necessarily um, all that solid. Or, or, the, the plot is fine. The, the narrative is fine. The idea of being trapped in a car by a rabid dog is is fine, and it's terrifying on its face, the stuff that they do to, to put them in that place. But don't you think that you can just sort of be like, okay, well, much like we were talking about risky business, none of that makes any fucking sense. None of that would ever happen, but it's a device to to move forward this other story that's funny or engaging or, or uh, different or new or exciting or whatever. I think the same amount of uh, uh, leeway should be applied to this film, particularly a horror film, because horror movies are, are tough to make. Because unless you are going to take some real world shit and follow it like down the line, there's always going to be some shit like, why would these dumbasses be at this camp at night? Why would these dumbasses go skinny at night? Why would they, uh, you know, n- ignore the, the the sound or uh, fucking whatever? You yeah. know, why why don't they care? Their friends are missing. There's always some bullshit that leads to the thing that ultimately happens yeah and so i think you have to sort of roll your eyes at that stuff and and i did I, i've got notes about what i don't like about this movie but i think the meat of this movie which is them in the car which i'm a sucker for this shit i love movie like a single location it's i mean unique you can take yeah. die hard as as one and that's sure. the, the, the biggest one but exacerbate that out into something like um you ever see the movie buried with ryan reynolds where he's just in a it's just him in a fucking uh oh, casket I, buried yeah in a, like yeah i didn't see it but i know uh, i know that movie yeah there's one called break where steven dorff uh has a similar uh issue um there's uh shit i'm drawing a Trying to blink. But anyway, there, there's all these like sort of single location movies. Gravity is a good example. Oh, all yeah. is lost with Robert Redford, where he's on a boat is a good example. Uh, things like that. And I I, I think that's an interesting way to go about making a movie or, or a scary movie. And I think the meat of this movie is well done. Yeah, we, Explain I mean... yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So there, there's a couple points. I, I, you know, one, one just because... And this, I'm not disagreeing with anything you just said. I'm saying, I'm just some points I wanted to make is just because it was a book, doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe the maybe the affair, maybe I'm, I'm guessing the dog and the car thing was a big part of the book too. Uh, yeah. But just because it was in the book doesn't necessarily make it good. Still, you know, like yeah, they held true to the right, book. No. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like that still doesn't make always for an intriguing film. Yeah, I saw that the the ending was was different than the book, uh, which the, the ending of the book sounds pretty freaking morbid yeah. as well. Um, yeah, we'll get into it, but um, the, okay, no, I agree with you. Just because it's a book, right, 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 that right. doesn't mean anything. But I don't, I don't yeah. think this movie stiffs on the um, pacing or the entertainment or the mm-hmm. the scares or or any of that. Yeah, 
it's it's a it's, slow build. You got all that yeah. dumb shit about the affair and stuff, but once it gets going, right? I you know, and and the characters are all kind of. It was I was having a hard time caring about anybody, really, in the movie. Uh, Except Danny Pintaro. <laughs> I mean, I care. <laughs> I I was concerned for the kid for sure, but even yeah. even he was like, God damn it, somebody, we need to get out of this fucking car, like. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do this without backpedaling, but like I appreciate that. I appreciate that that was I really do appreciate that that was a, a bulk of the movie because uh, that is I guess I just had no idea that that was going to be so much of it going into it. I thought I just kept tuning into the same part of the movie every time it would be on. Well, I'm 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 glad you didn't like this movie. I'm I'm interested to actually yeah. hash out a thing where we disagree. Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying this is some masterpiece or anything. I, I think it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, I have I I'd seen this movie. I think the first time I saw this movie, and I, I only have vague remem- memories of this, was 1987 or 88. And the only reason I remember that is because at a friend's house, and you had shit like Tiffany. I think we're alone now, and Michael Jackson bad videos on MTV. So it had to be right in that wheelhouse sure and he Cujo was on tv or they had hbo or something like haven't you ever seen this or like it's super scary i don't even remember really watching it i just remember that conversation and then i, I think we watched it and so don't remember that much at all other than that thing then um i saw it in my you know 20s or something and then i saw it again recently i watched it with olivia who is my my oldest daughter for i don't know if i ever mentioned that for fans of the podcast yeah <laughs> all three of you but um, she's kind of into Stephen King, and so we watched it, and uh, I enjoyed it, and then I watched it again just now, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to put this movie up on a pedestal or anything, but I think it it's effective. It's effective uh, horror for what it is. I mean, it promises you a rabid dog who's like attacking people in a fucking car. Like, I think it's, it's right. well done. Also, filmmaking-wise, and I want to get into this because the director and the cinematographer are major things, I think it looks great. I love some of the shots in this movie. I love the way they... Uh, work the camera and make build suspense and stuff like that so from a technical aspect i think it's good um the script is a little hit or miss but uh to to come down on like straight hating this movie i just can't uh i can't get on board with that but that's fine yeah i think i think the reasons i hate it uh, still doesn't i didn't i think i could see i could see the things you're saying for sure like it it absolutely does have you know it's got Jan Dubont doing the cinematography. Uh, I don't I, fr- I don't remember right. the director's name, but he did Navy Seals. <laughs> Teague, yeah, yeah, Louis Teague. Teague, yeah, yeah, Louis um, Teague. I was thinking, yeah. I kept thinking, mistaken from James McTeague, who I think did like uh, he was uh, he worked with the Wachowski brothers, and he yes. eventually made V for Vendetta and some of these other movies. It's like, whoa, really? He did Cujo, and then uh, no, it was uh, yeah. Louis Teague. But... <laughs> I yeah, I just uh, I I hated. I hated a lot of the characters in this movie. I hated a lot of their actions. I hated, you know, but that said there, yeah, technically speaking, it's a, it's a well done movie for sure. I like the claustrophobic stuff in the car. Uh, even when Cujo is in that, that hole where he gets bit um, and, and the close ups on his face and the camera between his legs where he, he you know, he, he's kind of the, on the, the outs of the frame shot 
and then you'll see something like through his legs and he'll he'll go chase after it and the sweaty close-ups of the human characters uh, or on the bats and, and the, the tracking shots along the house and the farm. It, it all looks great. And is, I think it's really effective and adds to the suspense and horror of the situation and the characters and, and credit Louis Teague. But uh, I, I think the real MVP here is Jan DeBont, uh, who you mentioned, and, and he's he's a master. And, and even it's just for a hot minute, he became a huge director himself. I mean, he did Speed um, and then Twister, which were two big hits. And then he floundered with speed two and like a, a, a fucking um, Laura Croft sequel or something like that. And, and then his career was kind of over. It's, it's, he went from being the biggest thing in Hollywood for a year or two to to just kind of thrown in the towel. But I guess that's that's the way it goes. But um, the look and tone of this film, first and foremost, are what I love about the movie. And, and what I think makes it overall successful, even if you think a lot of it doesn't work or it's not technically scary enough, I, I don't really think that. But there are some people I, I've seen reviews who generally kind of complain that it's not quite that scary or whatever. I I don't know. But those general complaints I can kind of dismiss. You know, the cast is great. There's some script and narrative contrivances I didn't really love. Like we were talking about the affair. Um, I think they stretch the, the premise of the novel into something that, you know, maybe for feature length isn't quite there. It takes a while to get going. Some of the family dynamic stuff is typical and predictable, but I think this is ultimately entertaining, compelling, and and it's great looking, well shot, well acted. I, I really can't think of too much to complain about this movie. So I'm a little shocked to hear you say you didn't <laughs> like it, but um, yeah, it's easy to be like the story kind of sucks or there's like some boring shit at the beginning, but once it gets rolling, I think it's a, they're really it's yeah it's certainly intense yeah suspenseful I, movie right yeah. right and it looks great on top of all that it, it looks yeah. great those those like close-ups and and i think a lot of that's yonder uh, frankly uh it's, oh yeah for sure uh, we should mention i mentioned what he directed but he, he's a cinematographer on what die hard um yeah. he did lethal weapon yeah. three three uh, right yeah, Hunt yeah. For red october basic instinct all the right moves which we will be watching soon yep. um Jewel of the Nile. Leonard Part Six. Leonard Part <laughs> yeah, Six. Yeah. Black Rain, which I loved. Um, Black Rain looks great. Flatliners, yeah, Lethal Weapon Three, Flatliners, Basic Instinct, yeah. Shining Through. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just an embarrassment of riches with that guy, yeah, and he obviously knows resume. how to shoot a movie and um, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Once again, I, I think it's, I think the. The visuals, the just everything that it's got going for it really, really carries it through. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that any other opinion of it is wrong, but it's just a bit, uh, a bit surprising that you didn't like this one. But that's that's cool. That's fine. I was waiting for the one where we didn't <laughs> didn't agree. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I think, right. I think I think what it comes down to is the the discomfort I felt like. But isn't that a a, a plus? Of, it could be a plus uh, horror yeah. film. Yeah, it can be a plus for sure. I. I I, it's hard to uh, summarize like why I felt so uncomfortable or why I was so mad when this movie ended, but it was it was, it was just a, a general discomfort. And like you said, you you want you want your horror movies to make you feel that way. Like there's not many horror movies that I've seen in my lifetime that make me feel that way. Uh, more recently, there's been some good ones. Well, I'm not trying to suggest that every horror movie that makes you feel. Uh, you know, gross or shitty or whatever means it's good because it's a horror movie and then that that's what it's supposed to do. There are well, definitely sure. like really shitty 
horror movies out there that just push the envelope and make you feel kind of nasty for watching, and that doesn't make it a, a good yeah. movie. Did you ever see Funny But I don't think games? this is one of those. Sorry. Did you yep, ever see sure. the movie Funny? Yep. Yeah, that that's one that, that comes to mind is that I'm, I'm watching this and I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling icky. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, and people like that one too. So again, it's just, it, it depends how your mileage varies for this kind of thing. Right. But um, while we're on Debont, can I, can we talk about Twister for a second? I, I know a lot of people sure. who really like that movie. I, I hate that movie also. I just think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, I think it's terrible. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That's uh I, I didn't like it in ninety six, but then I was right. kinda worried that maybe I was just being a asshole <laughs> film snob or something because I was already pretty well into thinking what I knew good cinema was and sure. It was not typically whatever the biggest special effects movie was, you know. So right. I, I didn't watch it for a long time and I watched it fairly recently, I'd say maybe within the last five years, and I still thought it was stupid. Although that said, I there's there's some fun to be had with it and everything, but yeah, it, it goes on way too long and it's, it's, it's kind of at the beginning of that summer blockbuster thing where we're going over two hours. It's mm-hmm. all about the special effects. Um, the, the story is just dopey shit that doesn't matter in order to, it, it's kind of like um, same summer was independence day and independence day has some great, awesome shots, but, they're they're just like islands in this sea of like stupid characters and cliched yes. plotting and contrived narrative shit and that's just yeah I I, I just I, I was only what seventeen years old when that movie came out yep. but I was still at a point where I was just like no I can't I can't deal with this right. I, it's you know something. And and I can I can tolerate it a little more in like a Steven Seagal movie or somebody's like well how can you like rip on Twister Independence Day when you like uh, fucking you know under well, siege or whatever it's like well it, th- that's about the the hero and the fights and the action and and all that and then you could say well but Independence Day is about the aliens and the and Twister is about the tornadoes it's not though that shit if you take all that out of the movie that amounts to a very small percentage of this movie meanwhile they blow up this thing out to two and a half hours and you got to sit there and follow these dumbass characters you don't right. give a fuck about exactly and and shit that you've seen a hundred times and yeah. and yes you've seen a hundred times the the Seagal stuff but there's badass shit happening every like you know five minutes yeah you know you're not watching you know you're not watching citizen kane when you put on a seagal movie you're watching it for a certain reason well that's the other thing you're not expecting a you know hundred million dollar budgeted whatever you're you're like i just want to see this guy fight yeah i want to see some cool action i want to see the bad guys get shot Yep. whatever and then you could say about independence say well i just want to see the the aliens get but that's not all you see you sit there and you deal with these characters you don't give a fuck yeah. about for over right. like it's just like is this movie ever gonna get to the alien shit <laughs> right. and then it does and that's cool for 20 minutes and they go back to some other dumb shit and then there's a cool finale and it's just like this movie could have been chopped in half and it would have yep. been just as good. I totally agree about Independence Day too. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Well, okay, but Twister, I guess, is what we were talking yep. about, and it's the yes. same type of thing. Anytime you have a, exactly a movie where the special effects are the star, you're only going to see 20 minutes of the good special effects, and the rest of it's some really shitty script that you don't care at all about, and you're just waiting to get to the next thing. Right. So this movie, however, is I mean, it, if its special effect is the the dog or the whatever, that's that is a majority of the movie, and they are trying to wrestle with that, and it isn't a very confined space. There's not a like other shit happening, and it's just about you know, I I, I like these sort of confined space 
thrillers like how do we get out of this and there's a uh well i guess i guess we'll get into the story real uh we can do a a synopsis if you'll do you want to run through it or do you want me to or um d wallace who i actually like i wanted to kind of get into more of the actors yeah uh, more so than the the story because the story is pretty basic but i'll I'll give you the clip notes her her husband and uh son danny pataro car breaks down she's actually having an affair they're getting the car fixed the husband has to leave town and uh she continues this affair and then in the midst of all this Cujo, who is a neighbor's dog, I guess, right? He's the He's... dog of the car repair people. Car repair people, right. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, Cujo gets bit by a bat, and the bat has rabies, so he's slowly kind of going insane. And, um, again, they reach a point where D. Wallace's husband is out of town, and her and Danny Pintaro become trapped in the car by, by Cujo, who, it's 90-degree heat, can't get out. What are they going to do? Can't get eaten by this dog. Yep. He kills everybody who comes to help them. Yeah. How do you get out of that situation? You're trapped in there for that's... like three days or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I did a very good job with the synopsis there. I think that's, uh, that's well... perfect. That's that's. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but the 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 gentleman who who she's having the affair with is is Christopher Stone, who sure. who um was actually married to D Wallace at when this movie was made, they were married from about 80 till 95 when he passed away of a, heart, a sudden heart attack. Um, I didn't, I don't know if you yeah. caught that, that they were a real life couple. Uh, I did not know that they were a couple, but yeah. good on you for figuring that out. They had a, uh, they had a daughter together. That's a, that's a pretty tragic thing. Like to, he was 55 years old and, died suddenly of a heart attack in 1995 um he judge i looked at his imdb did not do many a lot of tv work and and stuff like that but um, yeah right yeah but i had it all up to at some point daniel uh hugh kelly who plays her husband in the film yeah i couldn't tell you anything he was in besides uh, hardcastle and mccormick (laughs) yeah hardcastle mccormick but um it it's kind of funny. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Where is it? Mm. Oh, he's in the Good Son. Good God, that movie's terrible too. Every single one of these stars, uh, D. Wallace, him. Uh, uh, what do we say his name was? Hugh. Hugh. Uh, Daniel Hugh. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Hugh, Hugh Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. And then the guy that she's having the affair with. Yeah, Christopher um, Stone. Christopher Stone. They all have uh, a couple. 80s movies credits or even 90s and then they all are on shit like jag and law and order and um (laughs) and and it's fine they've they've clearly had a fairly decent career throughout that time but um it's just funny how uh d wallace is a is a particularly weird one i mean she goes from stuff like et and all that and then she does kudo and then she's doing like critters and uh popcorn and alligator two yeah and uh best of the best three and then um, I think she has a bit of a resurgence when she does stuff like uh, um, Rob Zombie's Halloween and she's in House of the Devil and she starts making some of these kind of, yeah, uh, I don't oh, know what yeah, you want to call them, like horror adjacent right. movies. Yeah. Yeah, like, a... like kind of throwbacky stuff, trading on her. I, I guess my point is they, they all have these these kind of filmographies where, especially her, she's kind of going 
all over the place. So even the kid, Pintaro, he's on As the World Turns. Then he's on Who's the Boss, and that's kind of like his biggest thing. Yep. And then he gets outed for being gay, I guess, in 1997. Um, and yeah, he's just not done a done a whole lot since then. But what did you think of Pintar? I mean, it's he's a kid, but what, there's a lot of a lot of reviews I read like just couldn't stand him in that movie because of all the screaming and shit. But like, what did you think of Pintaro in the movie? Um, I thought it was good. Yeah, considering the fact I, that he's thought... six, seven years old, whatever. Yeah, and being attacked by a rabid dog. I don't know <laughs> what people would have, how differently they would have right. acted in that right. situation. Would you... <laughs> I would have screamed. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Six-year-old me? Screamed like right. a little girl, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Who knows? <laughs> Even though I thought I was like fucking He-Man or something, I'm sure I would have been a... What a bitched up like. I mean, you're stuck in a car in in the fucking heat, and you're yeah. dehydrated and starving, and you have this yeah. rabid dog outside who's going to eat you. I don't know that I would have waited as long as they do to try to do something about this dog. I get he's big and scary and everything else, but I'm not sure how long I would have sat inside that car. Like three days is insane. I would have. I mean. Right. Like, I time mean, really seems to drag when you're stuck in a hot car. Like, <laughs> within about 20 minutes, I think yeah. I'd have been like, I gotta make a move here. Like, open up the moon. Right. Yeah. If I die, like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I need to do something, right? And every time she got out of the car and saw the dog, she'd immediately retreat back in. And, yeah. you know, of course, that's... I've sat in a hot car recently, like, this summer for, you know, maybe three minutes texting on my phone. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, start this car up and turn the air conditioner. Like, there's no way I would have made it three days. I wouldn't have made it right. three hours. 30 right. minutes is probably stretching. Yeah. I, I just felt like, I gotta I gotta kill this fucking dog. Like, I don't know what else <laughs> <Right>. to do. <laughs> I, don't get in, I don't get into cars in the summer. If somebody else is driving, I wait until they start the car before I get in the car because I can't. I can't handle ten seconds of yeah. that shit. Right. It's it's not even that. I'm I'm a fan of the heat and I like humidity and whatnot. But you can't just sit in a enclosed space for in ninety degree weather. Right. Like like go do it right now. It's that that's. You think right, I'm wrong? Right now, Anybody? Right. Like, yeah, go go sit out there in your car and see how long you fucking make it before you're just like, I, I got to do something to get out of here. Even yeah. if there was a dog standing outside your door. Yeah. Weaponize yourself be, with the door handle. You'd be, you'd be coming out the sunroof with yeah. uh, whatever <laughs> piece of metal you could find. and. So you know how you yeah, spoke of the, uh, the horror movie tropes of the people making the dumb... Why are we skinny dipping at night right now? Or, you know... There's one, there was another scene that really pissed me off. It's like, she's got her car running and she takes the time to stop and say, fuck you dog. And then, then the car dies again. Like, why did you stop? Keep moving. Keep moving, girl. (laughs) That's just, that's just classic. uh, Get the audience revved up. Mm -hmm. It's like calling the alien a bitch, you know? Yes. Right. Right, it's just I was like, dude, she could have. This could have all been avoided if she didn't stop the car to say "fuck you" to the dog. Uh, then her car died again. Like she could have went out to the road, and maybe the dog didn't even see her at that point. Yeah, but you don't know what you don't know, man. And you well, think you exactly. finally got the upper hand of this thing that's been uh, terrorizing you for however many hours. Right. It's, uh... She should have just. She should have taken that door handle. And went out and tried to stab that thing in the face or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. You're really hung up on the door handle, aren't I you? <laughs> just feel like she was, she was like, 
You're like, that's her most like, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rip that off. Yeah. Stick it in its neck. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, we have Ed Lauder in the movie as the mechanic. Oh, I got I got Ed Lauder. Got yeah, Ed Lauder. I love okay. that guy. Yeah. I, I was really upset to see he died, uh, you know. Like Ten years ago. What, yeah. 20 years ago? 10? Okay, yeah. Yeah, 2013, 2013 he yep. passed away. Yep. Yeah, love that I've guy. I've always been a fan um, of him. Yeah, we, I... Uh, go ahead. What? Well, I was going to say, we had a movie. We, we've done at least one or two other movies with him in it already. Uh, yeah. Uh, well... No, now I'm not seeing anything that would have been an 82. True Romance. <laughs> he was the captain in that movie. He is a True Romance, yeah. He's in Death, yeah. Wish, Death Wish 3, but yeah, I don't know why I thought we've done other movies with him in it, but nothing i'm seeing here now no he's great i mean yep. he after this you got some dumb shit like i mean he kind of did anything and everything he's in revenge of the nerds 2 gleaming the cube uh fat man and little boy born on the fourth of july my blue heaven the rocketeer these are, i'm just naming movies i think people might have heard of yeah school ties, school ties uh extreme justice true romance wagons east trial by jury leaving las vegas Seabiscuit, uh, Starship Troopers 2, which is a straight-to-video thing. I mean, he just he would do anything. It's crazy stuff. Talladega Nights he's in. Uh, number 23, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, and then he, he works uh, straight up through The Town That Dreaded Sundown in 2014. That is a great remake of a, a 70s kind of grindhouse film. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I'm looking at it right now. One of the remakes in Really works. Now, here's his TV shit. Simon and Simon, Seen Elsewhere, Magnum P.I., A-Team. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Murder, She Wrote, Equalizer, Booker, Monsters, Star Trek, The Next Generation. What was on Booker? Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, CSI, Jake. This is what I'm talking about. He gets yeah. into this. Uh, CSI, Jake, Into the Fire, NYPD Blue in 2005, last season, I guess. Uh, Cold Case, Grey's Anatomy, Shameless, The Office. Uh, you know, that guy, that guy fucking rocks. And I think we forgot to talk about what does he do in the movie, Peter? He is the, he is a, uh, the mechanic. Like, drunken, yeah, he's, oh, he's, mechanic. he's the mechanic. And, and, uh, I did not, I did not really like his, uh, character in the movie, but I, he's obviously, well, no, you're not supposed to Cujo. Right. Eats exactly. Him. Cujo eats him. Right. <laughs> this is another one of those movies where the bad guy is also your, uh, sort of, uh, for the first couple people who die, it's always the. The shitty assholes the who kind of like deserve yes. it, right? Yes. Yeah. Even in like a Jason movie or something, they're always like, "Let me, let's kill off this greasy, yeah. rapey, uh, mechanic rapey guy." guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the first couple to get killed. Yeah. Which is actually right. not all of them. The first Friday the Thirteenth, they just kill a girl on her way to camp or whatever. So I think oh. that became a thing more in the sequel stage of things or the eighties or whatever. Now, Danny Hu Kelly, who we tried to talk about a minute ago, and I completely fucked everything up. Uh, so he does Cujo. That's his debut movie. Okay. Uh, okay. and then he does two movies in the eighties, nowhere to hide and someone to watch over me. I'm not sure about nowhere to hide. I know somewhere to watch over me. That's, okay, that's 87. Right? Both of those yeah. movies. I've seen some. Yeah. To watch both over. those movies. Now, nothing else till 93 where he does the good son. That's the Macaulay Culkin, yeah. Elijah, uh, Wood. Elijah Wood vehicle. Yeah. Yep. Man. I saw it in the theater. I remember, yeah, I remember thinking like, well, you know, this movie gets the job done of promising a, a bad son and being provocative about a kid yeah. killing people. But I know it got a lot of bad reviews. I was kind of like whatever myself. So I never really watched it again. But I, I feel like that was probably an effective film for what it was doing sure. or what oh, it yeah. is. And I haven't Maybe. seen it. I should. I feel like if we watch it, I don't know. We could do it. For I know it got bad reviews, but yeah, I. I just, but what do you uh... think? 
What do you think people's problems were with it? I don't know what other people's problems with it were. I, my own, it was just, it was your typical horror movie where everyone makes the dumbest decisions and like, I'm not going to believe my own son. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe Macaulay Culkin, who's new to this house. And, you know, like, you know, the parents just not, not uh, believing their own kid all the time. And you have another, like, you know, there's, there's warning signs everywhere, but no one wants to listen to it. Um, uh, That was my, that was my issue with it. I don't. Mine too. I mean, I I remember reading the bad reviews and kind of agreeing with them, but I also felt like, I don't know. I I think I thought, I'm sure I watched it a couple more times on uh, when it came out on video. I probably even knowing me at the time, I probably bought it and had it for like a hot minute. Right. You know, previously viewed for four 99 or something at blockbuster. I forgot about the previously viewed section. Oh man, that was the way to go. Honestly, it's bullshit though, right? Because they started out previously, they were like nineteen ninety nine initially, and then they uh-huh. go down to like fourteen ninety nine, and then and sometimes if you're lucky, you get it for like six ninety nine or four ninety nine. But what I was trying to get through to this is that that's what we were paying for a quote bargain on a used film back in nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety six or something, and then DVD came along, and then all of a sudden every new thing was. 20 bucks or or even if it was more expensive maybe it was like 40 bucks initially for some of these oh, yeah. but you're you're getting a much higher quality thing for whatever you were paying for some of these even just previously viewed movies that i guess is my point i don't know why we got off on that tangent but... <laughs> that's all right I, I i said that those movies ruled so no i hear you. unfortunately daniel Hugh kelly was not a great movie star however uh on the tv side of things you know hardcastle mccormick um all my children Law and Order, yeah, there's not really much else there with him. Yeah. He's going into like Boston Legal and Cold Case and <laughs> The Mentalist and NCIS. So, if there's an actor who yeah. hasn't been on one of those, then they're really struggling. Yeah, we got to find him somehow, someday. Right. <laughs> <sighs> so, him on the show, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Cujo. Yeah. Uh, how many stars would you give it? Um, I'd <laughs> I'd give it one and a half. Uh, I want to also mention that Louis Teague's next film was a uh, another adaption of Stephen King's. It's called Cat's Eye, and it uh, is essentially adapting his anthology horror uh, novel. Cats. It was oh, not yeah, called Cat's. Cats. It's called it was called Night Shift. Night Shift, I believe. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah, 1978. Uh, yes, 1978 collection, Night Shift, and Cat's Eye was one of the stories in that, I believe, if I'm correct. Yes. And so Drew Barrymore was in that. And hey, I'll tell you an interesting fucking story. I have four different Stephen King collections from different uh, studios in my DVD collection. They all have about four discs apiece. I was like, oh, let me fucking pull out Cujo. Cujo was not among them. <laughs> Luckily, I have M at X, so I was able to uh, watch it for free but mm-hmm. <laughs> i was too i uh i read yeah. today that um that stephen king was a pretty severe alcoholic at the time that he wrote cujo and just... oh you think also he was a cokehead no, i, I mean know. like I... his whole 70s and 80s is him just yeah i was not aware of much of his personal issues but dude i i love stephen king i don't i'm not much of a reader i've become a little more of a reader lately but i don't like 
fiction necessarily. So like, I don't read like Tom Clancy and I don't read like uh, Michael Creighton yeah. and I don't read, uh, I don't know, name some of the more popular ones of the day. I don't, I don't really care about anybody's story about uh, things. Yeah. Oh yeah. You uh, Creighton. Um... So like if I, if I read, I'm more like, let me read this biography about this actor I really like, or, or this oral history about how all this crazy shit went down on this movie set or, you know, kind of true stuff, biographies, things like that. But the one fictional author I, I do read is Stephen King and I don't know what it is about him. I'm not sure why. I think when we were kids, it was just like, oh, these are supposed to be the scary books or the books you can't touch. And then I finally read stuff like The Shining and It, and I was like, whoa, I'm fucking blown away. And so now I still read his shit, and I still think it's all pretty good. Honestly, there's I've read every single book he's done for the last, like, ten years. And I did not read Cujo, though, and uh, I kind of wish I had because that might give me a little more insight into reviewing this film. Um, you ever just... No, never mind. You go ahead. <laughs> Oh man, you had me. I was wondering where you were going with that. Um, well, uh, what do you what do you do with all your pull tabs? Oh shit! Besides, drop them on the floor and <laughs> oh, the beer. That's where he's going with it, Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just leave them on the can. I don't know. Is that these? Some people. Oh yeah. Do you take them? You off? don't pull do them you... off? No. I'm, I'm Eventually, when I have to sit here and no, 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 no. I, well, I think you can donate them to like schools, and they. Uh, give you oh yeah some sort We've of done that. credit yeah, for all that's the right. that's right yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i should i'm saving part. the planet you're sitting here just yeah just mocking me. <laughs> you are like fern gully and i'm just fucking big oil or whatever <laughs> like okay so part of me feels like one and a half is 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 harsh because it it it, <laughs> it does, but I, I did yeah you think yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Good, good yeah. for you. Um, I was gonna give this movie three and a half stars <laughs> and say it's uh, a really good, well-made thriller. It looks yeah. great. I love everybody in it. Um, even the dumb stuff I was okay with. I, I'll agree with you. The the fair probably didn't mean to happen, but you're right. It had to probably pad this runtime somehow because. Right. Um. Oh well, fuck, man. We didn't even we were burying the lead here. What we did not talk about is the way this movie ends. Uh, which is the way the movie ends is uh, D Wallace and Danny Pintaro get out of the car. Finally, she retrieves a baseball bat, beats Cujo with it to the point thinks that the he's bat dead. breaks. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. To the point the bat breaks uh -huh. and then Cujo charges her. She impales him on it. Yep. Yep. End of Cujo in the book. Danny Pintaro dies. You imagine that? I again, I have not read right. this book. I don't know. And and knowing Stephen King, I'm sure this was a drawn out, arduous scene where you really felt this kid dying and, and his mom's grief. Um, so he he dies in the book. Does not die in here. She beats Cujo with a bat. She breaks the bat. She impales Cujo on the bat. Yep. Thinks he's dead. Nope. Surprise. Jump scare. Cujo pops up. She takes the dead cop's gun. Blows Cujo away. End movie. Now, I ask you, Peter. Mm -hmm. You were such a pussy about how bad the kid was treated to the car. <laughs> how would you have felt if this movie ended with him dying in the fucking car? <laughs> you were so Due to pussy. starvation or... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like right off the bat, we we're like, I couldn't handle how this kid was being treated. Yeah. Oh, if that, if that, was <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, have you read the fucking book? And yeah. what if the movie ended like that? <laughs> and there was a couple times, even though I knew, even though I knew he was gonna live, there was a couple times I'm like, shit, is he gonna fucking die? What? He can't breathe right now. I would have, yeah, right. I would have hated this movie even more. Uh, Why is it? I, I'm saying maybe you're being unappreciative of the fact that you should be appreciative. For what this film did for you <laughs> and how things could have gone sideways this is true this is true because that would have that would have really uh struck a nerve with me but also uh i know that that what the I kid never should have been put in danger to begin with what fucking movie we've we been watching then <laughs> canine <laughs> yeah, turner and hooch yeah <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't that he shouldn't have been put in danger. It was just something was making me super nervous about when he was in danger. I might have been going a little high with three and a half, but you know what? I'm just going to fucking say it. Like, listen, here's what I would propose we do. When this this uh, year is over, we make a list of, we do like a top ten list of the movies yes. we reviewed at least. So like, perhaps we're missing some artsy-fartsy French film that should be like the number two movie on our list. But right. we'll take everything we reviewed over, um, it's not probably going to be 52 weeks, but say say 30 30 weeks sure. okay yeah. and we make a 10 best list of those 30 movies and um i think cujo is going to be on mine and i think with that criteria it might end up being on yours Ooh. in the top 10 well i mean depends what we you're like already got 10 i like better yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get it i was just joking. i don't know it might not be I, who knows uh yeah this it, it's it's starting to get a little interesting in here i mean i'm not gonna we were saying things like oh, a movie like Joystick should be more appreciated because it's better than Porky's Two or whatever. Yeah. And you know, will will I look back on all the movies reviewed on this podcast in December and be like, maybe Joystick serves a spot in the the ten best ones of the ones we reviewed? Probably not because I think Private Resort's better than that, and I think or Resort uh, School, yeah, Private School, that one. That'll probably take its place for like just the number ten like kind of throwaway spot. Yeah, Cujo could be nine though. I, you never know. Did it's you... a little early to make, but we looked ahead and we're just like, man, there's just a fucking I know uh, August like, and September graveyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, August and September are weak. We still got the Christmas story coming up. Uh, Scarface, sudden impact. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Uh, all the right moves. Uh, we can see uh, your your. Boy's schlong, finally. <laughs> Do we see his schlong in that movie? I thought so. Isn't yeah, that the big possible. thing they talk about in like some of these teen movies? Yeah, I like, think so. Yeah, there's probably some sort of locker room thing. scene or whatever. Um, yeah. would you like the uh, would you like the box office numbers for August twelfth? Would you like them? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I had them ready to go to. Oh, you did. All right. All right, here I'll. I'm gonna. I want to do it. I'm gonna do okay. it. <clears throat> Let's talk about August fifth. Uh, what do you think the number one movie for August fifth was, Peter? Uh, I'm gonna say Risky Business. You would be wrong. Fuck. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple of hints about this okay. film. We have reviewed it on the podcast. It was fairly recently, and we were. A little bit skeptical that we would agree on it. Um, is it vacation? It is vacation. All right. 
This is the number one film two weeks in a row. It has made $20.721 million at this point. This weekend it grows 7.1. So your next film, number two, is less than that. Mm, risky business. <laughs> no, nope, it is not. Damn it. Uh, is it a movie? Now I will say this. Okay. It's a movie we've done for this podcast. Now, Risky Business is your number three film. Okay. And it missed it missed beating this one by just over two hundred thousand mm. dollars. Okay. Um what week is the movie in that is number two? <laughs> That's not fair because you're gonna get it now. Eleven. Okay. I was, I was going to guess Return of the Jedi, uh, but now I'm pretty sure it's Return of the Jedi. It is Return right. of the Jedi. <laughs> Week 11, 4.499. So 4.5, essentially. It's up to $209 million. 1983 bucks. That's insane. Uh, your number three film risky is Risky Business, business as All I right. mentioned. Yep. Uh, it made 4.275. This weekend, it's up to 4.275. Now, this movie goes on to gross what? 65? Something like that. Million? Yep. That's that's some pretty some pretty good numbers for that time. Absolutely. If you were to extrapolate that out now, you'd be looking at about 180 million, which is would be a huge fucking movie right now. Hell yeah. Um, what do you think's next? Uh, we're at number four now in the box mm-hmm. office. Um, is it a movie? This we've is a done? movie we've done in this podcast. It was formerly a number one movie. It was at number two the week before. This is its third week in release. Third week. I mean, I've literally given you all the the best obvious clues here. <laughs> uh, third week is probably the best one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's you just you just got to think back a couple of weeks to <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Jaws, yes, 3D. Okay, Very good. I saw you're really really working for it. I was three point nine nine for this this weekend, basically four million. It's up to thirty five point one four. Number five is a film we did not do on this podcast. It would have been the week before. Jaws, and we talked about it, but um, I sent you a clip on Twitter recently. Oh, oh uh, uh, staying alive. Very good. Yep, 3.67. It's up to 45.28. Uh, following that is Crawl. We didn't do that one. Trading Places it made... 2.65 million that weekend. It's up to 68.487. That's in its ninth week of release. Private school drops 40 per 44% this weekend. Ooh. It's at uh, 2.449. Second week of release. It's at 9 million or so. 9.1. Uh, down to the bottom of the list. War Games made another 1.787. It's at 58.2 in its 10th week of release. Okay. There's also Flashdance, Octopussy, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mr. Mom, which we talked about, is in its uh it's at number fifteen. And that movie I believe was a platform release and didn't go wide until probably the next weekend or something, and then it started making more money. But, okay. 
or yeah, say would, August 19th or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, that concludes the box office portion of the show. No, wait. It doesn't. We've got to do something else, right? We got to talk about August twelfth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you got August twelfth. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Uh, Let's go. All right. The uh, number one film in the box office is something we did very recently. Okay, so it, not on this episode. This not is August twelfth, right? This is August twelfth. So we said. Yeah. So we said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so risky business opened number three last week this is its second week i'm guessing that's not number one you said that we did it very recently mm-hmm. last week uh what opened it was vacation and uh private well we know private school didn't hit so vacation i'm guessing yep yep made 6.1 million is already up to 31 million in it's second week. Wow. Yeah. What a runaway hit. Yeah. Uh, All right. Number two is a movie we've done even more recenter. <laughs> As in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> uh, this this episode. Um, risky business for Cujo. Risky business for Cujo. I'm going to say risky business. Uh, it is Cujo. a slot. Oh, shit. I thought maybe risky business jumped up a little bit oh. and. Uh, you know, after good word of mouth, Cujo, yeah, good for Cujo. Yep. Open to what? Six point one one four. Yeah, six point one one four eight nine nine. Whereas uh, vacation was six point one six one. So Ooh, only about what a photo finish. Yeah, forty five thousand yeah. dollar difference or so. And Cujo goes on to make what? Cujo goes on. It's, it's a hit, right? Yeah. 30 uh, or something? Yep. Exactly. 30 million. Yep. Number three. Yeah. That's, by the way, that's almost like 90 million nowadays. Right. So. Yeah. Number three in terms of tickets sold. So that's like a huge, that would be a hit today. Oh, huge. Um, Absolutely. Especially at its budget, it, you know, recouped its budget. And I think it's got kind of a cult following now. I think people do like Cujo. Not to keep rubbing your nose and <laughs> right. all this, but uh, number three's got to be risky business. Am I you're, right? You are correct. Nice. Number Where's it at this week? Uh, it is at four point five million dollars. Yeah. Um, as we on said, its way it to sixty million. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. The. Uh... But these are such low grosses. These are the kind of movies that are crazy back then. They just kept like. Making you know four million dollar weekends, but for like a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as you, as we've seen in uh, looking at these other movies that come out in August and September, there's probably nothing else to fucking see. So people just the word of mouth must have kept going strong for these movies. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a dead zone coming up, yeah. at least in terms of stuff I've heard of or care about or whatever. Um, All right, number five. Well, this is number five? four. 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 Yeah. Uh, Let's skip to five. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is in its twelfth uh, week of release. Oh, Star Wars yep. <laughs> pulled in uh, three point eight million on its way nice. to a cool two hundred and whatever million, <laughs> or it's made two hundred and yeah. No, it makes three hundred and some million. Yeah. Or close to three hundred, like two ninety five or yep. something. Is that what we said? Yep. Yeah. 
number right. five. Well, you said 300. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's all right. Number five is a movie that we discussed. We did not do it on the podcast, though. And Staying alive. Yep. <laughs> uh, that pulled in 2.5 <laughs> million, down 31% from the previous week. What's it at, though? Um, currently, it is at $50 million. Yeah, I thought that would even like to 90 or something, but I could be wrong. I don't think it's going to make another <laughs> twice its budget. Right. <laughs> Who knows, though? Again, maybe this thing will just stick around till December at $3 million weekends or whatever. That'll do right. it. Uh, number six is uh, in its seventh week. Um, we uh, did it on the podcast. I believe it was number five last week it's down 11 percent uh okay seventh week it's in its seventh week yes did it on the podcast training places yep nice well done yeah (laughs) man i really had to search the like freddy krueger parts of my brain to pull that out (laughs) one of the uh biggest drops of the week comes at uh comes in at number Whatever we're at, forty. It dropped forty-five percent. Um, and made from a, last weekend. From last weekend, it made two point two million. And it private is, school. In its fourth week. Oh shit! You, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant it was like. Wait, so wait, we did it. We did this movie. Yep, it's in its fourth week. Jaws three. Yep. Wow. Well done. It's at 30, 39 million at this point. I thought that thing went on to make like sixty-five million or something. Yeah. So how is that possible at this rate? I don't Jesus. know. Well, I guess we'll find out in, yeah. in the coming weeks. Stay tuned. <laughs> it's all it's all fucking fun for us too. Uh, number eight is in its eleventh week. Also, uh, no wait, there was no other movie in its eleventh week. The number eight is in its eleventh week. We did it for the pod. <laughs> it's only down two percent from the previous week. It's at sixty-one million dollars now. And we've already got Return of the Jedi out of the mix. Yep. And we did this on the pod. And we did it on the pod. Don't know if it was the same episode. I don't I don't know. And I said it to you a little while ago on the thing. I thought you said it. Yeah, I thought you said it was still in the top whatever. War games! Yes. There you go. Yeah, baby. Nicely done. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, my brain is like a sieve. It's at 61 million right now. Crawl is number nine. I'll just... uh, Yeah, sure. Number 10, Smokey and the Bandit 3, which is new. Only made 1.7 million. Ouch. I thought that was a viable franchise. The first two were huge hits. (laughs) I'm guessing Reynolds wasn't in that? I don't think he is. Yeah, I think there was some... I don't remember a three. That's crazy. I don't... Yeah, I only saw the first one. I wasn't even a big fan of that. Yeah. So there's your top 10 for August 12th, 1983. Well, Peter, we done did it again. We done um, did it again, baby. <laughs> I would like to uh, thank you for the first, you know, real level of discourse. I wish we weren't just kind of repeating ourselves going around in circles about what we liked <laughs> and didn't like about Cujo. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, there's all these like, layers of things that we should be talking about in order to get you to understand what's good about it. But um, that makes it hard to sort of have 
much more of a discourse and just repeating how cool I think it looked and well done it was and made and acted and minus maybe two of those dudes. Right. It's got it's got that one guy in it and the dog and that kid. Those are good things about it. Louder. <laughs> and the gal. And the and your D Wallace. Yeah. Yep. Those are all those are all positive attributes of that film. Absolutely. I agree. Louder. Uh, do you though? I don't. <laughs> Why do you keep saying louder? What's going on? Because his name's Ed Louder. Weren't we talking about Ed Louder? Oh, louder. I think you're like louder. Louder. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to be speaking up or. Sorry. If you were just. No, I got it. I got it now. <laughs> I, I tried to ignore it the first time you said it. Like, oh, I don't know what that's all about. And then you did it again, and I was like, well, I gotta address this now. People are gonna wonder what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> All right, Peter, this is why we don't do drugs. Listen, uh, listeners, fucking, you know, you know what to do. You gotta like it. And Rate love it. it. Love it. Kiss it. Yep. And hug it. Rub it down. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh Subscribe, I think, is the most yes, important thing. That would be a big, for be a big help. Yep. We will be back next week with reviews of films that do not actually celebrate their big 4-0 these weeks because we are in a really fucking dead spot of uh, the the year here with, yep. with these movies that anybody's going to care about. But instead, we're going to tackle Easy Money because that comes out on... <laughs> I think August 19th, maybe, we decided. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have ourselves uh, the Rodney Dangerfield... <laughs> evening with uh yes it came out august 19th we're gonna have easy money we're gonna call it rodney danger fest yes i like it <laughs> we will also be fester field we will also uh, be watching caddyshack field fest field oh fest. yeah from 1980 before the podcast yep. was born peter you did not love that movie so you're i've not seen it the whole way through I yep. did not I mean, love what I that's saw. That's just weird too. <laughs> I've tried twice. This is, now that I'm now that it's for the pod, you never third know. Third time's a charm. Yeah, it could be You're older and wiser. Yep. Or it could be a disaster. I mean, <laughs> quotes per capita. That movie. Is, well, I'm not going to tell you what to look for or whatever. Right. We'll discuss. I don't want to influence you in any way. If a hundred dollar bill shows up in the mail with a <laughs> list of <laughs> talking points and jokes that you loved <laughs> feel free to just share that on the pod i shall know? watch me <laughs> ron it's been okay. a pleasure <laughs> wait a minute listeners <laughs> yeah you got one <laughs> No, I don't. I think we already did it, didn't we? Uh, we did the rate, like, and subscribe. I didn't know if you had Yeah, right. that's, that's the only thing where... Uh, as, I, as I laid really down <laughs> last evening, I had a I had a big 4-0 rap going in my head, but I've forgotten all of it, so it's... <laughs> what the fuck? Stay okay, tuned. Well, we need a theme song. What the hell? Yeah. Get it Get it together, man. All right, I will, I'll put pen to paper. That'd be awesome. That would be one step closer to true uh, podcast dumb if if you did that. Made it our theme song. Then we have a theme song. Um, I I can probably start editing clips. I just oh god, the idea of just more editing is like oh, it's so fucking dreadful. Yeah. 
I'd like to build this thing from the ground up like a Wayne's World thing, you know, where yeah. people are just like, these guys don't care. We'll check them out. Exactly. I do care, though. That's the problem. I care too much. I'm a, I'm a carer, you know? Uh-huh. Not a crier, not a... Right. Yeah. I'm You're just, a carer. Just a guy who cares, and exactly. I don't want any, like, funny business about it. It's just like, let me show you that I care. Care Bear. I, like, have one of those chest things that shoots out, like, a rain cloud or whatever. Yeah. That's what you associate with carrying. Yes. Yeah, rain cloud. Uh, and then, um, you know, but I, that's it. I don't, I don't want to be like rewarded for it or talk to about it or asked to do anything about it. I just want to come around, show I care, and then head out the door and out with my life. <laughs> that is Ron in a nutshell for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, this is me in a nutshell. Hell, how do get in the crazy nutshell? nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> all right peter i think we're yeah, on that <laughs> beard beard far enough off of yep. the path uh yeah uh you know rate like subscribe all that shit back next time for caddyshack for some reason and uh easy well because easy money has riding danger field and, yeah and peter danger fest. so we're gonna yeah danger fest that's what i meant to say 